You gotta go to that. You gotta get to that part. Way downtown, walking fast, faces pass, and I'm homebound. Imagine being able to play the piano like this. <laughs> I was thinking. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making my way through the crowd. Are you recording? And I need you. And I miss you. And now I wonder. If I could fall into the sky, do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you tonight. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> oh, hey. That's a Calgary hot Stampede. Episode 95, we are here in the kitchen, back in person for one of the first times in a while. And karaoke, it's back, Wace. Man, that felt good. I've Did been, you like I've that? I've actually been jonesing for sort of karaoke. I was thinking about that on the way home. Austin by Blake Shelton came on, on my shuffle. I was like, geez, I need to get to Watchmen's to... need to get out on that again. The, eh? I need to sing, I need to belt the tune out for what, the people. What's your first song back for karaoke? I've been thinking about it. It depends on, it's all on the timing. Well, I've been really thinking that like "Sold" by John Michael Montgomery would get the people going. Could be if good. you could nail it, "Stampede" this it's, week. That could yeah, be a good one. yeah. So I think that would be a good one. Again, "Austin" by Blake Shelton's a good one. Mm-hmm. I could always go with my solid go-to of like "I'll Be" by Edwin McCain. I could mm-hmm. crush that one. I had like one of my best karaoke performances of my life singing that song. <laughs> 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 it was like it was after me and Murdo went to the uh, Jay and Dan podcast live. Really. And we went, I was like, we were, like, we're going to Watchmen's. We had a couple, like, four glasses of Mount Royal house wine deep. Because okay. that's all that was left at the bar <laughs> that night. So we go there. And it's, like, 12.36 a.m. Like, just a good time of the night. The bar's full. I'm like, I got a pretty good buzz on. And I go up to the stage and I belt this song out. And it's legit, like, one of my best performances. Like, Murdo has it all on video somewhere. Really? And, like, the bar, with everybody was singing. There's people on the dance floor. Like, it was legit. I felt like a rock star. I was like, I'm oh, actually yeah. not as bad as I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I'm I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff like that. Well, for those that don't know, this is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. I'm Ted. He's Wasey. Check us out on the gram. Episode at 95. Or at Wacey Anderson. Or. Or at Cowboy Shit Official. Or at Storm Defoe. Or at or, Sean Morton. The crew. Or. Or what? Or nothing. Or, oh, <laughs> episode one. 95. Is yeah, this a, 95. Did we, did we talk about how like the world's opening back up? I don't know. Because our last, our last I don't show think we did. was with Steve. It was one of the first ones, but... It's a lot more open now, and we're kind of we're back. It was cool. Well, remember we went we to the bo- we went to the bar on the first for the first yeah the first time? Of that July. was so cool. That Game was so, on again. Man, as soon as I walked through the door, one night stands. I think we talked about this last permanent time. smile. Did we? we I don't know, man. Yeah. My it's brain. been a while. It's been a bit. I'm of a functioning blur. at like thirty percent right now. <laughs> we uh we also have to say this is cowboy shit with Ted and Wacy presented by Circle Four Ranch Water, a quality hard seltzer made with real ingredients. Check them out at ranchwater.ca. Get your ran- and, and that's where you're going to find the locations as to where you can get your ranch water and keep yourself hydrated throughout mm-hmm. the summer with the drink of the summer. Yeah, it's no that's no joke either. It's one of those things where it's like if you get a lot of product stuff for people, I feel mm-hmm. they have to say what they have to say, but it's all genuine, it's man. It's legit. We're having, some, We're having right some right now. now. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, sip. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's ranch water yeah. break here. I spill it myself. Ah. 
Get that off the table. Clean that piece up. Can't leave that. Zambonian. <laughs> okay. And Cowboy Shit is now proudly sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped. You got to hold the Who mic Who is better. the best? Hey, Who is the best in below the waist grooming? It's Manscaped. It's not Wacy. It's not me. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely need to Manscaped. I spent, I, spent, I spent four days in the wild in Teepee Creek. And now you got four days and in the I wild. I got four days in the wild <laughs> in my groin area. So I'm definitely going to take <laughs> take advantage of my Manscaped 4.0. The Manscaped <laughs> offers precision engineered you, tools you, for your family jewels. Do you need to? I'm uh, trying to do an ad read. <laughs> do you need to turn the light on so you can get through the bush? The light always comes on, man. It's going to need like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to navigate it, but. <laughs> I'll, we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll circle back to that at, <laughs> at the end but are you using the guard so you can keep a little no, I, go right, no yeah. I go right to it man right, right down, down to the wood, wood. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I like it that way <laughs> but yeah so yeah, what did you do before you got the lawnmower 4.0 I had an uh, I think it was a I have a Phillips one did that you use I used on your before face too Okay, no. good. Yeah, no, I'm not. That's weird. <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> but that one was like dangerous. Like I na- like, legit like Ooh. nicked my nuts a few times with Ooh, it. That ain't good. I was bleeding everywhere. Uh, that ain't good. But Kay. then I've I've legit. I think I said this before. Bro. I've used the Manscaped one on like legit on my nuts and nothing. Like it's completely safe. I couldn't. Like, and I was so nervous the first time I tried it. I think I said mm-hmm. this last time too. It's like I was legit like like had to psych myself up in the shower to be like, okay, we're doing this. Like you're gonna be okay. And I did it and like legit they. What they what you what they say is what you get. It's good stuff. So I'll let you continue. Sorry. Join over two million men worldwide who trust Dang. Manscaped with this exclusive exclusive offer for you from us: twenty percent off and free worldwide, not just in not North just America, not just, not just in Canada. If you're worldwide, in Australia, with the code Huge Bush at Manscaped.com. That's huge with a bush. H U G E. What I got going B-U-S-H. on going on right now downstairs? <laughs> Huge bush. So we need to get that figured out. But yeah, I think we have to thank our uh, one of our friends for for mentioning Huge Bush came from what was it? The other guys with Wahlberg and uh, and Farrell. It's it must be a Will Farrell line. I think Cassie Hausauer told me she's like that came from the other guys. I got to find the clip. But it, really, that's, that's one of my favorite movies. That movie's sneaky it's good. Very good. It's really good. It's well it's very written. Good. Okay, sorry, we're through our uh, top of our show. <laughs> we're a little bit, a little bit rusty on that. We're a little bit feeling both a little rough here. It's been a oh, man. first week in a stampede, and Wacy, like you said, took four days in the wild. So I think we got to ask first off your uh, your one snap review of uh, of TP Creek in the in the stampede. Well, it was my first time up there, so I was, didn't really know what to expect. I heard a lot about TP Creek before. Like the one time I was entered in it, I didn't get to go because I got hurt not a bit before. But pulling into the facility, I was like blown away. Mm-hmm. It was such, such a cool, like the grandstand's beautiful. They have the big teepee and the big like concert area. Like I couldn't believe that there was, this was up there. Right. And then literally <laughs> almost in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. It's less in the middle of nowhere than Pollockville, but it's still, it's still pretty far the, out. Yeah. There. When they say four days in the wild, like they aren't kidding. They like it, it's, yeah. it's so cool. How many campers were there? <sighs> I, I didn't even get to look. There was a okay. ton of them. Yeah. There yeah. is, there's like the people, people show up there and they camp for four days. It's like their big thing of the summer. Yeah. It was man. It was such such a great time. The committee up there was really awesome. Got to work with Doug Young and Randy uh, Schmidt. Randy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were awesome to work with. And then the wagon uh, announcers C, uh, C J Willowcroft and yeah. Daryl Johnston. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. They yeah. were they were always good to work with. And it was some good. It was good content. Long days, but four days in a while. There's not much else to do up there. And then the parties afterward were like unreal. Like so, Doc Walker played on Friday, and that's the one I stuck around for. And 
overserved myself a little bit. Got on the got on the vodka waters and oh, <laughs> I was I was trying to be like strategic. Have you like because it's so weird because you, your hangover is not quite as bad on the vodka walk, waters because you wake up and you're super hydrated but you still kind of feel like shit. It's a super weird experience. Huh. <laughs> but anyways, so that was really fun. So in that process, I was staying in GP. Yeah, at the they Redwood. They put us up at the Redwood Inn. Thanks again to them. That was a sweet place to stay. Um, and it gets to a point. It's like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, I need to figure out how I'm getting home. <laughs> Did not plan ahead. <laughs> Did not plan ahead. Yeah, it's kind of just one of those things where... Didn't want to drive thi- the company truck it, into a DUI situation. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> Mom and Dad would have been pissed at that one. So I, I, I used my brain. Yep. And I, they had a, like a keys please service. And I was like, okay, I'm going to use this. So I call it. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. And I'm like, Oh, I can't be no. I can't be here till four in the morning. Like I may as well just yeah. sleep in the truck at that point. So there's a line of cabs. You had to be back at ten a.m. I had to be back at ten a.m. for a production meeting. And there, and you didn't like talk to anybody else that was going back to GP. Like you were just on your own. You were, you were. I literally like you were in the wild. The TP Creek had you at that point. I didn't know, and I didn't know anybody. And like I eventually ran into some like steer wrestlers and stuff, buddies that I knew. So I had some people to talk to. But they're like the first part of the party. I just stood there and looked weird. Like I felt so so strange. You don't know we'd be around people. Anymore. When I wasn't the first I w- cabaret back in like two years, and I wasn't, and I wasn't like at a point where I was ready to mingle because like, I I was hungover from the night before. Surprise, <laughs> already from Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Thursday night at Nashville North. So oh, I yeah. mean, I was I was struggling. But once the vodka water started flowing and met some people, Got I actually back. had a couple of people come up to me and be like, "Hey, are you Wasey from Cowboy Shit?" And I was like, because you were like hammering the cowboy shit social for when you're getting up there on the yeah yeah I was giving cool it and like but actually and like our brand is pretty big up there like like thanks shout out to Keddies for carrying our stuff like they're awesome yeah but like a 100%. lot of the people said they're like you guys are really like your stuff's big up here and I was like okay like sweet like we're just a couple a idiots we're just a couple, we're just a couple idiots like <laughs> sweet I'm I'm pumped for it so I had a few hat patches so I was singing them around people were loving oh, it nice. and I saw some people walking around wearing our gear and in I just the walked, wild and I just walked by them I'd be like give them a sticker and I'd be like rock and roll and walk, yeah. carry on with my night so anyways back to my evening so it's 2.30 in the morning I'm just like I gotta get home somehow so I go to the lineup of cabs jump in one I'm like ah oh, this will probably be like 40 or 50 bucks like I'm cool with that Get back to GP, hundred, hundred dollar. Oh no! A twenty five minute cab ride. Oh no! So like that'd be like cabbing here from Ranchman's. Yeah, pretty much, right? So it's usually like a forty or fifty dollar Uber. Oh, and it was a hundred. Cost me a hundred. I hope my mom doesn't hear this. One hundred and fifteen dollars. <laughs> oh no! By, by the time I got back to, to GP. Oh, did you put it on the company credit no, card? No, 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 no. That's on. That's my. <laughs> that's on me. I got to. I, <laughs> I was like. I was like. I was like. Should I? And I was like, nah, I can't be that. <laughs> I was like, no, that's why that's me oh, being an idiot. Dear. So I, anyways, it was it was good, I, and it, it was nice to have that option though, because I imagine like the, the the police presence was there, so there had to be some like past like incidences, and it's one of those things where like a hundred dollars versus a DUI is not, yeah, it's worth not that it. But just made for a funny story. Like, oh dear. Well, and then there was some then then so the committee some of the committee people were good. telling like Doug and Randy that I was lurking around the dance and having a good time. <laughs> So they were just grilling me all day the next day at the perf because I showed up and I was not in like a good and not in yeah. good shape. And then they even like dur- during the perf, like they were talking about it, like, oh yeah, wait, she was at the dance for a party, and then like, <laughs> it's like whatever. So you, I was getting you, grilled. You had to you had to send you had to slide into the uh, the sports medicine team's DMs just oh, to get her yeah, back. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning and it's like I need to get back to. The I was like, I gotta go. I got production meeting at ten. I'm like. How the fuck am I getting back to, to <laughs> TV? Because I'm not paying a hundred bucks to get back. There's no, no you're way. like no, I can't do that chance. again. So I was like, okay. And then I remembered in my what about Todd and Tanner? Where were they? They were in White Court. Oh, they hadn't and they got there yet. On time, yeah. So, oh yeah. So yeah. I like, and I remember as I pulled in 
to the parking lot like the night before in the cab, I saw the sports bed truck and I was like, hey. Did you, what did, what about the limo? Did you get any time in the limo this weekend, the TP Creek limo? No, I didn't see the limo. Oh, it was, this, it was parked at the Redwood at one point. Oh shit. No, I rode in at one time from the airport to the, to the bull riding. Oh shit. It was pretty no. fun. And then we had to use that to, to boost Scott Pym's plane <laughs> so we could get home. <laughs> Sounds sketchy. It was. It was 30 below. We, I need to yeah, have a conversation with my friend Steve because I, I could have got a ride back in the limo. We might have. We'll cabin. have to work on that for next year. We'll have to put that in the contract. This party bus. He needs party limo. TV <laughs> <creek> limo. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> I need a nightly limo back to the Redwood site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wacy also needs a party oh, suite. Uh, yeah, too. party that legit. I'll have to work on that. So, uh, anyways, I remember like pulled it, pulling into the Redwood uh, that night. I saw the sports med truck, so I like was laying in my bed. And I'm like, oh, how am I getting back? And I like messaged the sports med Instagram. I was like, hey, who's up in TP Creek? And as it, it was my like Jocelyn was the one running the Instagram, and uh, she was like, oh, she she thought I was like asking for a ride from Calgary to yeah. to TP Creek. She's like, they're already up there. I'm like, no, like I need a ride back from. <laughs> the re- the hotel to the road to grounds, I got yeah. drunk last night. So she's just grilling me, and then yeah, th- shout out to the sports med team for. Uh, <laughs> Not only my. do they help with your uh, <laughs> with your rodeo injuries, but they will get you back. The to taxi the service if you get hammered up, if you oh, get banged man. up at the dance the night before. Uh, it was fun. it was a good weekend though, man. It was so fun. Like I didn't I didn't stick around for the party Saturday night because I uh, you guys watched the fights. Well, I was gonna have a good and I you, well, you I, intended to go home and have a good sleep yeah because i was d- gassed by the end of that because it was like yeah. a nine hour day in the booth oh yeah and i was ready to go home and then tanner Byrne and todd cutowitz ended up staying with me so i met them back in gp to watch a bit of the fights and then next thing we know we're drinking beer till 2 45 3 o'clock in the morning solving <laughs> all the world's problems so i didn't really like accomplish any sleep yeah but i was in better shape sunday than i was um that's saturday so it was good but yeah that was it was so fun man didn't have great crew people cab cab bills you're in better shape oh man yeah but i heard that party was nuts like trevor pranzak played until 3 3 p.m or 3 3 (laughs) a.m really 3 a.m yeah because he's only supposed to play till one but i guess he just kept ripping because it it was an amazing party wouldn't they shut it down i don't i think they can just do what they want yeah i don't don't know yeah it's literally like yeah four days and they the cops are there like so i think as long as everybody's like keeping it kosher and not being huh. too crazy i thought that with like the liquor licenses you probably there probably was only consumption till two or something and that's oh, they probably shut down the bar maybe yeah, yeah probably last call knows. at a certain time yeah who knows. who knows on that front but whatever the rules are yeah it was it was good the committee Damn. there they're amazing people um worked with the supervision team on the big screen they were fun oh, yeah. to work with had a good show yeah it was good good stuff so yeah uh, shout out to tp creek that's a yeah, good that's thanks a for having place us. up there i guess i well i didn't say this yet but i went up there on tuesday and set it okay. up and I set it up until like 12, like midnight because it was so light out. The sun hardly went down. Man, I was like driving back like last night. And I was, it was still so bright out at yeah. like midnight when I was yeah. driving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I got a story from TP2. So I got up there that night and then uh, had a couple beers with Steve and the boys. Um, after the, uh, after the, uh, well, and Ryan McLean too, yeah. former, former bull rider. He was there. We had a couple beers after getting set up i was all kind of ha- pretty happy with it went and saw kitties in the morning but so i go to like unhook the trailer and it's in the bumpiest part of the field i could find a place to oh, park man. it steve asked me to park by this green tractor so i got it and i backed it in there 17 times and finally got it dialed in but then i went to unhook it and i like unhooked it and it was all like i thought it was all set up and then i and you're you tired know, you had a long i was day. tired had a long day left calgary at like noon after mm-hmm. i had a couple things here in the morning and then get going I go to drive away from the trailer and the fucking thing's still following me. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I got out, I got out and I didn't fucking unhook the chains. Oh. So the chains are still hook, hooked up and I'm pulling the fucking trailer around. That's I was, so funny. I don't know how the, uh, 
how the jack is. Hopefully, it didn't oh, die. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it seems okay. So yeah, <laughs> so, so I fucking drove away yeah. with the with the chain still hooked that up. So we the got there was like thing. seven of us trying to get it fixed up, and then like the whole crew we were there's a whole crew of us there and i was like yeah i just did this guys and then i ate another <laughs> half of my subway sandwich on the way home i saw some subway napkins in the truck i was just there. so excited to get my food in me i drove away with the trailer still connected yeah it happens to, that happens to a guy man it's like, and that's like the first first big trip with the the, the rig so a guy forgets like some of the process oh, yeah. even like we were like i was tearing down last night and i was like fuck how did we do this like i just <laughs> remember that's the first time i touched that stuff since like grand prairie 2019, yeah, 2019 such yeah. a long time or maybe paul or whatever like, anyways Still, it's been a long, long while. time since done any of it been like, a long while yeah so it was interesting but we got it figured out hell yeah everybody's safe and sound we're uh, back heck we'll, of a show we'll uh we'll uh i guess we better wrap up this part of the show and we'll come back after a bit eh with our we didn't mention our guests yet though yeah, well, Courtney. why don't I let you get into that? Yeah, we got uh, the fancy lady cowgirl herself. Yeah, Courtney Dehoff. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's uh, she's done everything from news for yeah so many big like like um, outlets and work for the PBR. She's college rodeo. She's done it all. She's she's got it. All. She's got to figure it out. It's awesome. We'll be back with episode ninety five and Courtney Dehoff after the break. Thanks for listening. This is Cowboy Shoot presented by. Circle 4 Ranch Water and Manscape. Check them out. Circle4RanchWater.ca and Manscape.com. You need cooling. Baby, I'm not fooling. I'm gonna sit yeah, back to school. Way down inside. Honey, you need it. I'm gonna give you my She's a cowgirl turned television personality, launching her brand, Fancy Lady Cowgirl, in 2020 and her inaugural inar- inaugural event of the same. Um, I'm going to do a do-over. Since we no, you just let it ride, man. Just let it ride. I got to keep going? I think it was great. Yeah, just oh, let it ride, dear. dude. Come and on, her, dude. I, I, uh. I read out these elaborate intros and then I don't, I haven't. I didn't practice it enough, obviously, and I got bundled up in the words. <laughs> and inaugural is a tough word to write in an intro, in, dude. In, in, inaugural. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound all fancy. In her inaugural event of the same name in May of 2021, you can watch her on Netflix making her acting debut on USA Network's crime drama, Queen of the South. She has a world champion bucking bull by the name of Top Dollar and hosts the podcast by the name of Cowgirl Problems, a former collegiate athlete and professional rodeo athlete coming to us from Dallas, Texas, it's Courtney Dehoff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. That was quite the intro. That's Gosh, quite the resume, sound, Courtney. You're a big guest. Good. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I, I I just try to do. Uh, I might I might not do very good at, uh, at actually saying the introduction, but I, I try to do some research and. Uh, Words you know, are hard, man. Words are shit. hard. <laughs> <laughs> the the first question asked is, "What haven't you done?" That's the big question. Like, <laughs> oh what's, God. What's not on the list that you want to do? So many things. So many things. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I've worked in TV and I've worked for other people in TV, but I would love to have like host a show someday, um, like a, like a docu-series style mm. show or something. I don't know. You know, I tell people all the time, they're like, what's the dream job? Like, what's the end goal? I'm like, oh, yeah. they're like, I couldn't even tell you. And I love it. And that's the way it should be. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to be like so big and badass that like, I don't even see it coming, you know? Really? So yeah so where did this stem from you know like you have a rodeo background like most of us and did you just get a taste of it in university or you, you always been kind of had that ambition 
to kind of go to the media TV route? Yeah, you know, if I go way, way back, it really sort of that like bug, I guess, began in high school. Um, I took a, I think it was year, not yearbook, like just a media class in high school. And you had to do one like big video at the, you know, that you worked on throughout the year. And so I volunteered to shoot the senior video for Kansas High School Rodeo, which up until that point had just been like, you send in your baby photo and your senior photo and they make (laughs) like a PowerPoint. And I was like, oh no, we're taking it to the next level. And so I took like it way before their iPads or iPhones, like, you know, camera. I have a little yeah. Camera <laughs> yeah, an actual camcorder. Mom, yeah. She would like video my runs on it. And then I would just spend the rest of the rodeo. Anybody who had like a, was a senior, like, you know, I knew them all, but like anybody who had a senior back number, I would video. And so I worked all year and put this like big elaborate, it wasn't, I mean, looking back, like at the level I'm at now, it wasn't that elaborate. <laughs> at the but, time uh, though, given the equipment yeah. you had, like that's, yeah. that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, it was just, I really enjoyed it. And I, I learned to edit. Uh, I learned Final Cut. I learned how to, how to shoot. And I really enjoyed that. I had no intentions of pursuing that, you know, in college. I totally went to college to rodeo, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I majored I in communications. And we toured a TV station as one of those like stupid intro to ag classes that they make you pay to take, which I thought was so dumb. And that's how <laughs> I discovered TV. And so that's, that's where it all started. I interned, it was an internship. And so when you, was your comms major, was that just something you took so you could rodeo? Do you ever have any intentions of carrying that forward? Or was it just, I, cause we're all the same, like Ted and I both went to school down there and we just you're just down there to rodeo for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, I chose Oklahoma state because I did want to go to a big, like a, a bigger university and get a, a, a degree. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I chose AgCom because the girl I had high school rodeoed with the year before also majored in AgCom at OSU. Oh, okay. She said it was easy. And I did, I enjoy, I enjoy writing. I, I like communication looking back like what I know now I would have probably majored in broadcast journalism and not ag com but um you know got my ag com degree and was simultaneously doing that internship at that tv station and when my internship was over I just kept going and so eventually he hired me because I just wouldn't stop coming (laughs) and that's how that's sort of how you know, I sort of how I got into TV, I had a little bit of experience because I already knew how to edit, you know, I knew how to turn a camera on and he sort of my executive producer at that TV station is still one of my great mentors and he taught me how to tell a really great story, which is really why my career has been successful, not because like I can stand on TV with a microphone, but because I know how to tell a story. And was that, so was that, uh, the Kansas station, like KCTV or was that going back to like, like Oklahoma horizon TV? That was, Oklahoma. man, you've done your <laughs> really? research. I'm so impressed. Yeah. So that was Oklahoma horizon TV. Uh, it was a magazine style show once a week, an hour long show. And, you know, I totally thought it would be a cool internship. Cause like, I was like, well, I might be able to get on TV. And I, I grew up rodeoing and showing cattle and, giving speeches and sales talks and like doing all the things. So I knew how to speak, but he really made a point to teach me all the other stuff. He made me build graphics, which I hated. He made me learn to shoot and edit and he made me write scripts and he made me host shows on my own. And it just, you know, it was a blessing. Hmm. And then, and then that, that, uh, though, those, uh, pieces you built uh, actually aired on RFD and then that would have got you into rural media as the next step. Yep, that's exactly what happened. I actually, it was one story in particular that I, I think Patrick saw, um, Patrick Gotch, the head of RFD, 
we, uh, the federal government here in the US was trying to pass laws that children couldn't work on farms and ranches. Like, so like you could work on your own farmer ranch, but you couldn't go to your grandparents and work on their farmer ranch. So they were, they were trying to pass these child labor laws. And Rob gave me the freedom. He sent me home over Christmas with a camera and he's like, you can be as biased as you want. Tell this story from the rancher's perspective, from a farm kid, from a ranch kid's perspective. And so I did. And I, that was the story that RFD, you know, picked up. That was the story they saw. And it was essentially just, he just called and said, I want her. And I had already graduated at that point. I was just still there in Stillwater working. And so that's how I got uh, into rural, rural TV. I, uh, I did a bunch of cruising around on your YouTube channel and found one. Oh, where yikes. You... <laughs> my YouTube channel. There's no YouTube channel, first of all. No oh, really? Well, oh. the worst thing, I have like 16. <laughs> I have 16 YouTube channels. Because I can't 16? remember the password. So I just create new ones because I can never oh, no. remember the password. Because I'm like, I should oh, upload no. this so I can save it. My YouTube is a disaster. Oh, <laughs> what story but, did you see? Are you talking oh. about the one you sent me, Ted? Yeah, I sent an awesome one about <laughs> uh, about uh, hockey when you try that out. Because it, it got me thinking um, about like all the cool shit that you would have got to do when you're uh, when you're in. It looked like a lot of it happened when you're in Kansas City or you were sound like i guess did they send the rookie to do all that bullshit where you got to go and like oh no no i definitely signed up for that i oh, really no that's awesome no, like <laughs> i was i was uh i was responsible for pitching all those stories and coming oh, really? up with ideas yeah kansas city was a lot of fun because it wasn't hard news it was all like lifestyle and entertainment so just like cool okay. stuff to go and uh do in kansas city oh i did everything i scuba dived yeah. i tried to jump out of a plane but the station wouldn't let me do that because of insurance oh, wow. i was like oh that's no fun but. come on yeah. Okay, so the hockey I, one though, uh, you you skated pretty well. I was pretty uh, impressed. But a couple of hockey guys. That's our next stop after this is a uh, is a game hockey. Of, uh, yeah, game of hockey. So I we were, I was Sweet. impressed. I was impressed. Well, thank you for a Kansan who like didn't grow up. I mean, we have ice, but like not really. Uh, yeah, no, I I had never really. I mean, I guess I had ice skated before. I don't really know. We just <laughs> they geared me up and off we went. So. It's a fun way to tell the stories of it, though. You know, it's better than just going into the inter- the dressing room and interviewing people or whatever. Like actually, like getting in the mix and and taking part. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool way to to show people what's going on. Yeah, I love that. That that's always been sort of what what attracts stations and TV shows and things to me. I will try anything once. Like I will do any, almost anything. I don't want to say anything. I will do a lot of things on camera and it doesn't, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't always end well. Like there have been plenty of stories that did not end well, but that's what, you know, that's what people like. It shows you're Mm. human. It, it, you know, it's It's relatable content. Mm -hmm. So people get behind that. Like that's, I know like Ted and I talk about it lots. Like we want to start doing the similar type of stuff with our channel and our audience. Like, it's such just a fun way to connect and bridge and build that relationship with your people mm-hmm. by just having some fun with it. It's just like, yeah. you're not afraid to make a little bit of a fool of yourself. Like, yeah. you know, well, even like our bachelor episodes are a good example of that. It's basically just me getting roasted for two hours. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to check that out. Uh, I didn't God, watch the, uh, I didn't watch the snowboarding uh, thing. How were your wrists after that one? When you went to snowboarding? It was not my wrists. I woke up that next morning and was pretty sure my neck was broken. It, oh, I, no. my neck, hurt. I, if, I, <laughs> oh, it, no. it was like I had ridden 150 saddle bronc horses, like just all day rode saddle bronc. I got oh, up no. the next morning and I was like, I think my neck is seriously injured. I was terrible. <laughs> I was, I was a better hockey player than I was snowboarder. I will say oh, that. Lee. I was impressed with the hockey though. Cause like to just to jump on the ice and move around, like most people can't even 
move on the ice. Most, Cana- really? most Canadians can't even skate. Yeah. Actually. Oh. It's like a national was... crime. It's, a tr- it's like, that's like worse than the pandemic is the amount of Canadians that can't skate. <laughs> that's like a compliment <laughs> of a lifetime coming from the yeah. Canadians that I can <laughs> skate or sort of look like I can skate. <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask uh, about your podcast. It says yeah, Ted mentioned you have your podcast called Cowgirl Problems. So how, how has your approach to podcasting changed versus your TV approach? Yeah. I always tell people, I totally started a podcast because everybody else had a podcast. <laughs> it's like, the I thing to do now. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and I really had no idea what it was going to be or where it was going. And the first, you know, as podcasts or shows or anything is, I'm sure the first few episodes were rough. Uh, It was just me rambling, but as it sort of progressed and developed, I really turned my podcast into a platform to just tell cool ass stories with people that I think are cool. My podcast is like not a pay to play, come on, whatever. It's just like, I think you're cool. You want to come on my podcast? And I also secretly use my podcast. Like if there's like someone super sick that I'm like following on Instagram or like whatever, and I'm like, I need to be friends with them. I invite them on my podcast <laughs> because nice. that's how I like, that's how I like forge their, oh, we just became best friends thing because mm-hmm. you were on my podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just, I like to tell stories of, of guys and girls who are sort of bridging the gap between like urban and rural in like really cool ways. So that's pretty much the the platform there and i always like joke it's my podcast i make the rules so they change all the time <laughs> I, tell, I tell ted that all the time i was like our podcast we can talk about whatever the heck we want um, <laughs> yeah you mentioned bridging the gap between urban and rural and that's a topic that's really been like important to me over the past few months especially with all the shit that's happened with rodeo in canada there's been a lot of like polarizing events and that really shows that we're lacking on our end by communicating it and then there's also a disconnect on the urban side so what like how is your approach to that and where do you how can we better bridge that gap because I think it's really important that that's something we do move for moving forward yeah my entire platform and entire brand is built around that like bridging that urban and rural because I am that I became that person when I you know yeah I started out at rural tv but like I lasted there a year and I vomitosed and then I started in Kansas City and then I went to Dallas when I was in New York I was living in these like major urban markets in the States. Right. And so I was not surrounded by like our type of people. Mm -hmm. And it was, I hit it for a very long time, partially because my agents and managers and people in the TV industry were like, you need to build a brand, but not this like cowgirl thing because like nobody cares and people don't get that and they don't Mm -hmm. want to get that. And so I had sort of let these outside influences convince me that like, Ooh, if I'm ever going to make it in New York and LA and Chicago and Dallas and these major TV markets, I, they can't know that I was just like a little cowgirl from Kansas. Right. (laughs) And so I didn't talk about it for a long time. Like you really wouldn't know by looking at my social media, like my co-host didn't really know my background. And then about four years ago in Dallas, it all just totally changed because of a story, uh, a story I told about wildfires that were sort of ripping across parts of the Midwest. I was working for a syndicated morning show, so national, right? Like, mm-hmm. And none of the mainstream outlets had picked it up. And so I had pitched it to my boss uh, because I was like, hey, like CBS, ABC, Fox, CNN, nobody's telling the story. We can be the ones to like break this. And she wrote it off. She said, stop bringing me. Are you ready? My little cow, your little cowgirl problems. Hence the name of my podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like such a slap in the face. Like I was embarrassed. I was also really ticked off because these were, this was happening to people I knew personally. Mm -hmm. Like these were ranches that were being burned down. People I grew up with. 
And so I pulled like the footage that I could find just from Facebook and told the story and posted it to my Facebook page. And I didn't have a following or anything. Like it was just sort of my like own personal, make me feel better about the fact that I'm not there helping. And it had a million and a half views in one night. Mm -hmm. And that was such a pivotal like moment for me personally, because that was an absolute wake up call. Like, Hey, people do want to know what's happening in rural Mm. America, just because the mainstream media doesn't want to tell the stories doesn't mean that there aren't people who are not interested. And you don't want to know, you know, people want to know where their food comes from. They want to know what a cowgirl is, what they look like, who they are. They want to know cowboys. And so just, it's sort of, I mean, it took time. It didn't happen overnight, but it slowly sort of morphed into this. Um, I became a storyteller for rural America, just on social media though, because the TV stations still weren't convinced that these were stories worth telling. And I was telling these stories and my following was growing and, you know, people are like, praise Courtney. She's amazing. <laughs> like yeah. she's the modern mouthpiece for rural America. I mean, I was getting messages that said things like these. And then what they didn't know, what these people didn't know is that I was telling these stories from Dallas, from New York City. Mm-hmm. I was living in these big cities. And I, you know, I shared a story about, I think it was some blizzards that were sort of affecting ranchers in Montana. And it had all 8 million views, like one of my highest viewed videos, whatever. And a couple of days later, I posted just a photo, like, right, as you do on social media, just a photo of me like, hey, I'm cute, whatever. <laughs> I was headed to New York Fashion Week. And it was a photo of me standing in the subway, like all dressed up fancy. And these same people that for months and months and months had been like praising me for telling agriculture's story and being this voice that was so needed. I started getting messages, hundreds of them, as they and people were unfollowing me that said things like, oh, <laughs> wait, we thought you were a real cowgirl. A real cowgirl Mm. would never dress like that. Oh, you live in New York City? You're such a fraud. We thought you were the real deal. And it was just like, you guys, it it like hurt my feelings. I mean, it really did. Like it like knocked me back because I was like, what the heck? You know, the very people I was fighting for suddenly because I didn't look the way they thought I should look and suddenly because I didn't live where they thought I should live they cut me off. They were like canceled. She's done. And it took a week or so. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And, you know, I called my mom. I was like, Oh, the agriculture (laughs) hates me. And she's like, Oh, you know, and I posted that same photo on Instagram because they're nicer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Cause I was a little, I'm still a little chicken. I posted that same photo and I just said, Hey, you can be both a fancy lady and a cowgirl. You can live in the largest cities in the world and still advocate for agriculture. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to live in a certain place. It's all about the mindset, right? It's if you uphold the traditions and the values of this community, I think you should get to be a part of it. Whether you grew up on a ranch or not, you should get to be a rancher, right? And so it slowly started like turning into this I don't know, community movement, whatever you want to call it. And I just kept using the hashtag fancy lady cowgirl. And what happened was so incredible because I posted that really just because I was ticked off and I was just being petty and I wanted to like get the last (laughs) word, but I started getting messages from women and men who said things like, thank you for finally saying what we've been feeling. Like somebody finally said it agriculture can be very uh unwelcoming 
Oh yeah. Especially to outsiders. I wasn't mm-hmm. even an outsider and I saw how rural America, the Western community, agriculture, I saw how they treated me. And I thought that's not okay. Because if they're treating one of their own that way, I can't imagine how they're treating true outsiders, right? Like mm-hmm. people who want to step into the community. And so I just decided to like, it just sort of naturally turned into my mission to be like, look, you don't, I, you know, you don't have to own a cowboy hat to be a cowgirl, I don't think, which people argue with me. People get very upset when I say things like that. But my whole point is it's, it's a mindset. A cowgirl is, you know, gritty. She's tough. She's not afraid to be herself. She's not afraid to like step in and do things that are scary or, you know, I don't believe you have to be born into it. I don't believe you have to live on a ranch. I don't believe you have to own a horse. And I just really think that if we're ever going to see this like community continue to grow and thrive, we've got to start welcoming people in. Yeah. We have to be willing to say like, Hey, I'll show you where to buy a cowboy hat. I do a little series on my Instagram all the time. I get questions all the time. Like, where do you buy a cowboy hat? How do you know what size it is? Oh my God, I wore my cowboy hat backwards. Am I kicked out of the Kansas City Cowboy Club? I'm like, no, just turn it around. Like, it's no big deal. So that was a very long answer. I don't even remember what you're talking I'm, f- I'm ready to run through a wall right now. I'm fired up. <laughs> okay. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, well, it's just because, yeah, it's like, it's, it's funny because like Ted and I have like followed the same narrative. Like he lives in Calgary. I live and work in downtown Calgary. And I see, I, I think that's why I become so much more passionate about it over the past little while. Cause I'm seeing the disconnect firsthand and it's just like, we need to find a way on, on our, on our, our end and on their mm-hmm. end, you need to be a bit more willing to hear us out. But it's just like you say, like it can be really toxic in our, yeah. in our center, really closed circle. And if we're, if we're not going to willing to open up that circle and like invite more people in, it's going to, not end well for for our side of the coin so yeah I agree. I, I, that's yeah it's sweet that's a good answer i like that Wait, well just so for a little background courtney for you with wacy like he we like both of us live in town right now mm-hmm. it's not a long-term goal uh, i might always have a place in town now with just the nature of what we're do with you know working with the pbr across all the major centers in canada at this point and doing uh you know our sales gig and traveling and doing all this different stuff it's a goal to live out of town, but I can't afford to right now. I'd have to give up. I can't, I can't afford it right now. I just, it doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've got to, this is where it's working right now. Um, went to school for a while at the UFC, but like Wacy lives downtown and he runs the social media for the Calgary tower, like a, an iconic piece of our, of our <laughs> landscape in Calgary. Like he still d- gets to do cowboy shit. And that, that's what our show is. It's, you know, we're, we're, uh, um, little to no filter and talk there's but the fun thing is is that that there's there are numerous ways to still do cowboy shit even if we aren't on a ranch every day and i i haven't had the right i haven't had the feedback and neither of us have had the feedback that that you have um we're not um we're i guess for me i'm behind the brands i'm not the guy the face of it or you're the face of it and you get it personally um i'm kind of the guy behind behind at this point or have been to, to that point don't i don't have that personal connection following with the people as much yet but but uh it it is uh it's very it's sad that people would would be that way to you I, i'm i'm like almost getting one- shunned by your own community yeah like, I, I love living in the big city and working in the big city like i have Me like too. i'd love to i'd love to live in new york in those big centers and like give it a go and mm-hmm. see what it's like just i'm so curious about what's out there but yeah it's crazy to me that that you'd get attacked by your own community just for yeah i, I guess you mean like it's not the way that they think you should be doing it, but it doesn't make you any less of a cowgirl than anybody else. Right. 
Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I remember in the very beginning, someone like posted this whole long thing. And it was like one of the comments I still like go back to. And I'm like, okay, in my heart, like, am I doing? And the comment was, you're ruining, you're destroying the long-standing traditions of the cowgirls who came before you. And I mean, it did, it like made me step back. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like I, that's not what fancy lady cowgirl is. I'm not trying to do away with the traditions and the values and everything that the cowgirl stands for. I'm just trying to open the door and give the thousands, maybe even millions for all we know of people looking in who, who want to be part of that community, but are too intimidated to step in or mm -hmm. ask the questions or say, Hey, I might want to be a part of this. I'm just trying to open that door and I'm doing it like you two are doing it in a way that says, look, I do live in a major city. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I love living in a big city. Awesome. Do I want to live in a city my whole life? Like forever? Probably not. And I, I'm like you, like, I want to play, I want to play some city. I'm going to play, I have my ranch, you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I want both. I want, yeah. like, that's what Fancy Lady Cowgirl is. I want both. And for a really long time, when I really started pursuing my TV career, I didn't even realize that I was struggling with this internally, but internally, I had decided that I had to choose. I could have the city life and the big fancy TV career, or I could be a cowgirl. In my mind, you couldn't have both. Because really up to that point, I didn't know a lot of people that had both, you know? And I didn't know a lot of people who were real vocal about having both. And so, yeah, I just, you know, fancy city cowgirl is just that like, comp is, is just not compromising. Like you can do whatever you want. You know, you can live wherever you want. Well, and, and that's more so upholding the traditional values of like those cowgirls game before you. Cause they've were all you, you hear anytime you talk about a, one of the, like the cowgirl, the famous cowgirls of the past, like they're trailblazers and they're paving yeah. their own way. And like, it's so it's kind of, it's like a juxtaposition almost. It's like, they're, they're, they're like shunning you and scolding you for that where it's like, you're actually doing what those ladies did before you anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to record that and put that on. That'll just be my, I'll just play. Anytime someone's mean to me, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. play your. Well, it's, it's the truth though. Out. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'll just because you're doing it a here. different, just because you're doing it a different way than everybody else doesn't mean you aren't upholding those. And I think that's the, one of the fundamental issues with it all is we, people in our community cling so tightly to those traditional values and morals and, and ways of doing things where it's like, if you do it in a different sense, it almost seems like you're kind of not adhering to them or not uh, respecting them when it's like the complete opposite of it. Mm -hmm. I want to, uh, I want to ask what the next steps are. What, what do we have to keep doing to keep it, keep this going the right way in the, as far as the Western lifestyle goes or what, like what we're doing to promote it. What's the next big step you you've done a lot of work with the PBR, uh, especially in 19 and 20. Is that correct? Or when did you kind of two years with them, wasn't it? Or was it one season? Last year seems like a blur. Yeah. It was, yeah, like it was 2020. It was 2020. 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so got to go to Madison Square Garden. You were already living in New York, New York, or were you back in Dallas by then? I was back in Dallas. Okay. So, anyways, you get to go and 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 work with them, those guys, and and I, in my opinion, the PBR is doing the best job of bridging the gap and bringing our lifestyle to the masses in the big cities and making it a product that is part of the entertainment world, which is what Western sports should be. But with pro rodeo and everybody else, it's they're more in the rodeo business. They're not in the entertainment business. Where with the PBR, 
they get that and they're leaning into that and making bull riding a entertainment product. So my, my point was like, what kind of question was, what do you think is next? And I leaned into the PBR side of it, but, but take it where you'd like to go that way. I'm curious what our, what our next steps are. Yeah, I think to your to your PBR point, that's entirely the reason that I pursued the PBR. Uh, they did not reach out to me. I reached out to them uh, multiple times because I I love what Pro Rodeo is doing, right? I love rodeo. It's near and dear to my heart. I don't want to watch rodeo on a cable network. I want to watch rodeo on ESPN, on CBS, on ABC. I mm -hmm. want to watch rodeo on those mainstream mega giants, right? Because that's, that my vision is always big. Like, global. you know, I meant, yeah, global. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'd love to have a TV show someday. I'm not talking like an uh, uh, Instagram TV show. I want to be on, you know, the travel <laughs> channel. I want to be on the, I have always dreamt of taking this community and just laying it out, you know, to the masses. But to your point, yeah, the PBR gets it. That's why I wanted to work with them. Um, they understand how to market and how to attract a mainstream audience. And they do it so incredibly well. I mean, you talk NBA, you talk MLB, you talk PBR, like they're all sort of WWE, like they're all sort of in that same um, realm. But yeah, that's why I wanted to work with PBR because they understand it. They understand the importance of bridging the gap. They understand the importance of bringing in that urban audience. Right. And so as far as how do we continue it? Like, how do we, we keep this, this trajectory, hopefully that we're on going this, like, it seems so simple, but exactly what we're doing right here. We just have to keep talking about it and we have to keep being willing to like welcome people in. And I always say like on social media, there are no, there are no dumb questions, right? Like, don't, don't feel silly coming to me and asking mm -hmm. like, what should I wear to a rodeo? I don't want to look like a buckle, but like, ask me anything. Like, I'll be honest. You know, it's funny. Uh, this weekend I went and played polo. <laughs> Really? <laughs> which <That's awesome>. <laughs> I, I had never done it like nothing well I swore I had this like sudden I don't own riding all I have are cowboy boots like all I have are jeans am I gonna look stupid like can I mm -hmm. and they were like wear whatever you want we don't care what you wear just like come and I thought mm -hmm. that that right there is what we as a whole as a community need to be better at because there is such a stigma in our industry like oh you're you're not sixth generation cattle rancher well yeah, then you yeah. must not well yeah. then you must not really know about cattle oh you're first generation good luck <laughs> to you like that has to stop yeah. Yeah. that narrative is so ignorant it's just ignorant it's such an ignorant narrative and i see it all the time like or how often do people get judged you know even even like in a in a bull riding you know we pick out the funniest looking guy in the crowd. And like, usually they're drunk and they think it's hilarious too. And so like yeah. it works, but I'm like, you that's a very fine line because we don't want to turn people away. And I mm -hmm. think we're really good at turning people away. <laughs> well, there's a way to answer those questions that you get without making people sound dumb, you know? And that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing, like the polo example where it's like, they're like, they made it welcoming and like, just yeah, wear whatever you want. We just want you here. And I think that we need to change that part of it. Cause even the, we struggle with that in Calgary, the stampede, like literally for 10 yeah. days, the whole city gets behind what we're doing. But then we have people from our circle who 
bash the, the city guys who wear like a plaid shirt and a, and a Toby Keith cowboy hat or whatever it may be. Right. Like it's one of those things where I got, we should be embracing it. Like these guys are celebrating our way of life or these people are celebrating our way of life and jumping, jumping in on it for 10, 10 whole days. Literally the city of Calgary shuts down pretty much for 10 mm-hmm. days, just, just straight stampede parties and rodeos. And, and we still have that negative reaction to the people celebrating what we do. And I just, we need, it needs to change like so badly. Yeah. And go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you, you first. <laughs> I was just going to say like it, and I always am very transparent. I'm not perfect. Like when I was in high school, like when I was a high school rodeo kid or even like a college kid, I, I might've snickered at people who like had their cowboy hat on oh, backwards all or us, like yeah. whatever. It, it, it's an, it's an age thing and it's mm-hmm. a cultural thing, like getting out of the culture and being able to look at it from an outsider's perspective. I'm like, Oh boy. Like we have so much work to do. It's so like, I always <laughs> like to say, I always like to say I'm not perfect. Like I am not, mm-hmm. I did a whole podcast. Um, when my podcast first started, which I have deleted because this girl called me out <laughs> on it and she was straight up right. I did this whole podcast about like fashion at the NFR, which sometimes is questionable. And she was like, <laughs> how can you tell people what to wear at the NFR if you're embracing everybody? And I was like, shit, Damn, right. she got you. Okay. <laughs> so like, I was like a, yeah, I'm not perfect either. I'm not perfect either. So, well, that, well, but it's good to recognize that too. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if you're ignorant to it, then it'd be easy. People could call you all the time on it, right? But mm-hmm. how tough is it to be in the position you're in with the voice you have and not get canceled right now? With how, like, I feel I, I have a tougher time thinking about what I can't say than what I can say. It, it seems difficult that way to <laughs> not offend anyone right now. <laughs> it it is. It is a. It is very. Uh, it's a very touchy time for sure. Um, I got into a couple, I'm, I'm pretty ballsy when it comes to stuff. Like I pretty much say whatever I think needs to be said. And it, it doesn't sit well with people sometimes. Um, you know, the hardest thing that I sort of, when it comes to the Western community, there, there's certain things that I think need to be talked about that maybe I'm not like the best person to talk about them. So I, I will get people on my podcast or like whatever it is. But like, I think race is a huge one in the Western community. We are, you need to have some conversations about that. Um, the LGBT community, like I just did a whole podcast on that. Like there's some things in our community that we don't acknowledge that we don't talk about that we're uncomfortable even acknowledging exist. And I have discovered that sometimes when I do talk about those things, they are very quick to tell me that I should probably not be talking about those things, which is great reason to keep talking <laughs> case them. in point right there yeah yeah um so go ahead waste i was gonna say like being being comfortable with the uncomfortable is is a big thing and it can i think that'll be uh moving forward is something that's gonna be really important for people like you and for us to again change those narratives around some of that stuff because there is some serious conversations that need to happen around it because it's it just seems like a just like it's like kind of like out of sight out of mind for a lot yeah of for well, sure but like, so Keith Ryan Cartwright's writing a book about, uh, about, about the African-American cowboys of, of, you know, Bill Pickett was the one that invented steer wrestling. And that we talked about that a little bit, but, and, and like, but a guy like Murtis Steitman and Charlie Sampson, these guys had to ride after the perfs at rodeos back in the day. Like they, and they didn't get judged. Right. It's, it's, it's abs- absurd. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, we're going to have Keith on the show here in the next, uh, next couple of months. Uh, I have a copy of his book where I'm reading right now and it it's absurd what's happened, but I mean, yeah, what, like that's part of it. That's part of what has to happen next is we have to be more accepting. Um, 
some of this, uh, some of the club mentality, like the old, the old boys club of rodeo, honestly, that has to go away. It's got to change. Uh, that's like, the worst. Hey, you, when do we, when do you think, when do you think a, a, a lady will ever be the uh, commissioner of pro rodeo or the CEO of the PRCA? Any bets I was just on getting that? ready to, I was just getting ready to say, try being a woman in the old boys. Club. Oh, that's, um, I can't even imagine, you know, you just, yeah. Even walking into that as like the new sideline reporter or the new whatever, or uh, God forbid, announcing a rodeo as a woman, like mm-hmm. it's um, it's intimidating, first of all, and it's it doesn't happen near near enough. You know, I, I see it, I see it all the time. We've got you know like breakaway roping exploding, like breakaway is huge right now. Every single breakaway roping that I watch is commentated by a man. Which is bullshit. That happened at the NFR last year at the barrel racing. We had talked mm-hmm. about it. There was a, they didn't even have a barrel racer on the crew talking about the the event. It was someone, until until Janie yeah. in like the sixth Janie. round or something. After yeah. we commented on it, well, yeah, and Janie, wasn't us, Janie but, is great. Like, oh, and that's just amazing. It, like, there are women who are so good. Like Janie is so good, and yeah. she did such a good job. Total and pro. Janie could call the breakaway. I mean, she yeah. could do any, any of, of that. it. She could and call bronc riding better than anybody on the yeah. current broadcast. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little frustrating and not to like pull the whole like gender thing. Oh, poor me. I'm a female. Cause like, not that I'm not, I'm not like that at all, but I just, sometimes when I'm watching these like big rodeos on these major networks and I think, man, why didn't we get it? Why didn't we get, you know, Jackie, Jackie Hobbs Crawford's having her baby. Why don't we put her in the booth to let her call the breakaway, you know? I'm not saying I want it to be me. I'm just saying, like, why are we not ESPN? They've got a million women commentators. Why mm-hmm. is rodeo in the Western community not utilizing more women? I, I did. I have to give, like, Ride Pass and the PBR um, a shout out. They let me call the timed event arena for Ride Pass at the National High School Finals. And it was such a blast. Like, I had so much fun. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't what know has if been, will ever happen. What have been some of your biggest challenges so far in this business that way i think yeah i think just proving you know like just proving myself that i that i do understand and know the sport i mean the pbr is a great example like you want to talk about intimidating they didn't none of the none of the riders knew who i was no you know matt those guys they didn't know who i was because you have to remember i stepped away from the western community and was just doing tv like mainstream tv i For wasn't like five really, or six years right like, yeah i wasn't in that circle like those guys didn't know who i was and not only do you walk into like the mega like the pbr right welcome it's to a, new york a, yeah <laughs> welcome to madison square garden like day one luck, kid <laughs> and um you know i spent I was doing ride paths, but I, I had a month in the time that they were like, okay, we're going to give you a shot. Like, we'll try you out. Your first event's going to be Madison square garden. And I just, I spent a month and I had a notebook and I watched old CBS broadcasts and I just took notes. I had every writer. I had every, I mean, I did my homework and I did my research for a full month. All I watched was bull riding. And obviously I knew the sport. Like I grew up in rodeo, like I knew the sport, but you don't walk into Madison Square Garden, the PBR, and not know bulls, breeding, riders, background, stories, you know, like there was just so much. And it was super intimidating. And I have to give, you know, everyone always asks, well, how are the riders? They were, they're, they're such pros. Like they are such pros, you know, they're, they're nice. They're welcoming. They're whatever they do their interviews, they go on. But, um, 
It, yeah, it's intimidating because I guarantee you, no, you know, there was nothing obviously said to my face or anything, but I guarantee you there were some, who's the new girl, you know, yeah. just <laughs> natural, just happens in, 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 in any entity, not the PBR, but just like any Western sports entity. Yeah, you see, you see it a lot too. It's like, I follow, like, there's a lot of like girls in hockey now too. And I follow a lot of the girl, the girl writers on Twitter and stuff. And like the, the comments people make when they just like post like a take on hockey or something, like it is brutal. Like I couldn't imagine having to navigate through that. Like it's mm-hmm. so like for, for no reason. That's why you say like, you guys are more than qualified to cover your respective sports. It's like, why just cause you're a woman, why can't you be able to talk about it in, in a sense? Right. Right. And it's still, <sighs> In the Western community, uh, there was a major rodeo. I don't want to say which one. Major rodeo, televised. Houston. Very well known. No, not going to name it. <laughs> Very well, because you'll know, because the two announcers will listen and be like, oh, she's talking about me. During the breakaway rope in, and I was actually sitting, I went to this rodeo with some city people, like from Dallas, who are not, mm-hmm. not in the Western community. And we're watching the breakaway rope in, and I can't even remember which breakaway roper it was, but one of the real famous, you know, like somebody, you say her name, you're like, oh you know she's not good. jackie not kelsey but like one of those girls she ropes you know and instead of saying like you know three-time world champion been in the college finals blah, 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 it goes and she's sure pretty to look at too and I thought, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. at least, like come on Ugh. you just like and, and i know it wasn't a facetious thing like i'm mm-hmm. sure it just he said it but like those are the kinds of things that i think being a female like i'm sitting in the stands thinking oh yeah we still got work to do like yeah yeah yeah, breakaways like having a moment but we are still seen as the oh she's pretty on the eyes too Mm -hmm. and she can rope like come on you know anyway Um, i got off on a tangent that's okay we uh well people get people inspired in other sports for saying that like literally a a hockey like mike milbury got lost his job for making a similar type of comment on a broadcast it's like yeah and then but then we're still like air quotes allowing that kind of stuff to be said it's like you make it yeah, but who's point. regulating it either I, I know but it's just like that's a conversation needs to be that needs to happen that narrative needs to change around it right yeah like she mm-hmm. should be celebrated for accolades to be like a three-time world champion all kind of stuff but that like, that's a rodeo announcer problem that goes way back we're not going to get into that those guys could do more homework instead of making bullshit up about people so we won't get into that one but uh Okay, I had I had a couple more things I wanted to ask, and well, well, first off, I uh, I got looking everywhere, and I'm wondering what you're working on right now, Courtney. What's your current role, and what what's coming up in the next little while? Gosh, um, all the things, you know, Fancy Lady Cowgirl has kind of taken on its own like mind. Um, always things with that, you know, merch. Uh, we just we had a, a Fancy Lady Cowgirl event in May. We would love to make those more of a regular thing, but. They are a massive, massive undertaking. So um, working through that, trying to plan more events. I do have some TV work coming up. I am the talent for the AQHA uh, Youth World this year, which will be exciting. Um, So I get to, I'm there for like 14 days. So that'll be fun. Um, And then I do a lot of work on the beef side, like the agriculture side. I travel all over the country speaking on everything from agriculture advocacy to like the stuff that we're talking about here to fancy lady cowgirls so that's what people that's like the million dollar question people are like what do you actually do and i'm like <laughs> how do you, all how the do you make a living how do, yeah what, like I, your I, bills? Do, I don't know but i <laughs> i've managed to pull it off so um yeah on the on the event side of things it's a lot of work for probably not a lot of uh real direct benefit at that time either is it 
Yeah, you know, I think with the the events, it's sort of, you know, me and my, I had an event partner, Sarah Bonenkamp, um, who I had met several years prior doing some, she'd hired me to come speak to, to the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and some other things. And we spent, I mean, we turned into full-time event planners. I mean, it was months and months and months of planning and getting sponsorships and just, we did so much work and that's what we were sort of joking. We're like, okay, we've got to figure out how to like sort of mainstream or like streamline this because we can't be full-time event planners because we're both also, you know, she's consulting. I'm traveling all over the world. Well, not the world anymore. I'm traveling all over the U S uh, speaking and doing TV gigs and, and all the things. So, um, but it was hundred percent worth it because it was just the, it was just the coolest experience. And uh, so we're going to continue doing them. We're just taking a, taking a break, a few <laughs> month break next uh, in the fall, maybe, or next uh, May. What, what, yeah. What, yeah. What we're yeah. thinking, we're thinking uh, we had thought about the fall, maybe first of next year, like early next year, you know, it's, it's finding a venue, figuring oh, out yeah. where we're going to go. I mean, it's just so much, there's just so much that goes into it, but no, there definitely fall early next year. There will be uh Kansas city cowgirl number two. We'll stay, we will stay tuned. Um, later in the year, possibly getting back uh at the to the pbr events maybe something at the nfr with uh with with fancy lady cowgirl what what does the rest of your year look like yeah for sure so um i will be at the at the pbr world finals and the abbi finals uh world yep. finals because i own a bull as you yeah. mentioned top dollar um top dollar yeah the champ the uh the he was the juvenile world champ last year he's number two i think in the world this year i know that i'm not even gonna pretend i looked it up today he's sitting number two <laughs> um i won't even pretend like i'm not sure he's he's so uh yeah i'll be there with him in november i believe and uh, the pbr world finals kind of run simultaneously and it'll be a, it'll be a really exciting year because uh, my partners katie and laramie of hook and w are also uh who haul and train whoopah so we'll Ooh. have whoopah the pbr world finals i say we're i have nothing to do with him but i claim him <laughs> at like as mine. i'm on team whoopah <laughs> so whoopah will be at the pbr world finals top dollar will be you know across the street at the abbi world finals so i'm excited uh, i'll be there just not working i mean i'll probably be working but like just being a being a fan being a stage mom being a bull owner. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay how did you get into that well, so funny story, you know, I started with the PBR in January that lasted three months, then the pandemic hit like all hell breaks loose, right? So that ends. And I was actually working, I was at the high school finals, uh, covering it for ride pass. And I got a message on Instagram from a stranger and was like, Hey, would you like to own a bucking bull? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, is this spam? Am I getting pranked? Literally? I was like, you want to like, yeah, I was like, what is this? And I was like, Hey, sure like i'm in the high school finals like i'm on air literally 12 hours a day like i'll call you later whatever and so i contacted her i guess when i got back and i was like mm, i still don't know about this like i don't even know i've never i don't know y'all and so i went out and i met them and i really liked katie and laramie but i still didn't really know what i was getting into and i was like i better like make sure that they're like legit so i called leanne hart and i was like leanne i was like have you ever heard of these people and she's like oh yeah like they're 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 legit you know whatever so i trusted leanne and i was i became a bull a, a partner on this bull and it was like i say trust like full trust they could have shown me like he could have had three legs i would have been like yeah he looks good you know <laughs> that's my boy like, yeah like, 
especially from a young bull standpoint like obviously i've worked with pbr i know what a good bull looks like but like those young bulls i really didn't know what to look for i didn't know breeding i had no idea they're like no no no. we think this will be this will be a good one well katie and Lermy are incredibly smart they knew exactly what they were doing not he was a very good one uh but totally they watched me host the pbr they were watching me on ride passes how they like discovered me and it was just such a cool, it was kind of a cool moment because I was so devastated when the PBR, like when that gig sort of just fizzled out, right? Yeah. Because it was, it was like the, the gig of a lifetime. I loved it. I would go back today if they You spent a month right? getting ready, a month in mm-hmm. preparation. Yeah. <laughs> I was just timing. so bummed. And I loved the people. Like I loved that whole crew that I got to know through the PBR. And so it was just such a cool like full circle moment because never in a million years did I think I would be a bull owner. And suddenly not only am I a bull owner, but I'm being thrust right back into the industry with a lot of those same people, you know, Tiffany Davis, like all those women Mm. specifically that I got to meet who I just adore and Katie who has become, you know, family, Katie and Laramie are like family and Rupa, as far as I'm concerned is like also (laughs) part mine. He's not on record. I have nothing to do with Rupa. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was, it's been so cool. I go to all the events and part of the reason what sold me really on partnering with Katie and Laramie, it was not that I was like, oh yeah, I can tell this bull is going to be a great one. I was no idea. They really expressed interest in wanting to grow the sport. And they said, we specifically want to grow the sport for women. And we want to show that women can be involved and women can be owners and women can flank bulls and women can be on the back of the shoots. And I just really respected that um, coming from Katie and Laramie. And so the minute they like pitched that at me, I was like, yes, I'm in, in. I will share this journey. Like let's do it. And it's been so cool. They have so many new like bull partners who totally like followed top dollar story. And then they're like, Hey, we want in on this. So, Oh, wow. So buying in on a bull, you got to give them, uh, you know, between one to five, 10 grand kind of thing. You are a part owner and, and then you get a part of the winnings too, which you guys did good last year too. Cause he won. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He won, he won the world last year. You know, uh, one of the cool things that we did this year and I say, we, this is all Laramie's idea. He's like this secret under the radar, like marketing genius. We had a lot of people expressing interest or they, not me. They, they had a lot of people expressing interest in wanting to get in on this. It's really hard, especially for people who don't know anything about the bull industry or who have never rodeoed. Like, right, I come from the rodeo industry, the cattle. I showed cattle. So, like, I understand how it works. Like, yeah, you get a cut. You got to pay for this. You got to pay for this. We split it. Who hauls, et cetera. It's so hard to explain that to someone who is brand, brand new. And so Laramie and Katie essentially put together a syndicate. And I post, I said, all right, like, I'm going to post this on my Instagram. Like, yeah, post it. Like, we don't know if people will want to buy in, but like, maybe this will be a cool opportunity. It was a one-time flat buy-in on a yearling bull that we're going to, that will buck for the first time at the, at the maiden deal, which is brand new this year for a hundred thousand, right? So he'll buck at the maiden deal. And then all those owners will stay with that bull through his two-year-old year. So flat buy-in, you don't, no vet bills, no whatever. You don't pay entries, flat buy-in, you're in. And we're like, I don't know. I don't know if people will be into this. Like, let's try it. Uh, we had to come up with another bull because there were so many people that got in on this yearling bull that were like, okay, let's do a two-year-old because there's like 40 other people who are pissed because they didn't oh, get geez. a shot. And it just, it turned into this really cool thing. And it's called the Fancy Bucker Club. So 
Oh, Ooh, I like nice. Yeah. Extension. I like it. Nice. That's um, awesome. Holy. That's, uh, I, li- I like it a lot. There's so many ways we can go off here. I got I to gotta go back to this TV thing, though. How do you, how do you make your show happen? The Courtney Dehoff show. How do you, how do you make that happen? I, had a, I, got, I got to ask that. I think my thought process at this point is to keep doing what I'm doing to keep bridging the gap, to, to, to keep telling the stories that I'm telling, you know, especially the, the television and entertainment industry has really changed since I was a little freshman in college to now because of social media and my agents, and they'll be the first to tell you, you can be super talented and have an incredible reel. You know, you can be in Madison Square Garden, you can be with the right people, you can have the voice they want brands. They want hosts who already have 500,000 followers or who have a million followers on social media because that's already a brand that's built. So you automatically have built-in eyes that they don't have to pay for, right? To promote Mm -hmm. the show essentially. And so I was very, I fought it for a long, long time. I mean, 10, nah, maybe not 10, eight years ago, you know, I was taking like these hosting boot camps in New York and LA and places and these big hotshot agents were like, oh, you got to have a brand. If you're going to be a TV host, you got to have a brand. And I was like, oh, that's BS. Like, I'm really good at what I do. That'll be enough. It wasn't. It's not. <laughs> they were right. Um, yeah, they were right. Who knew, you know? So I think I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. And I, I have to talk about it. For a long time, I never would say out loud, like, I want to have a show. A, a fancy lady cowgirl. It doesn't have to be all women, but like I want to tell the stories that I'm already telling, you know, on a bigger level, higher, higher production value, you know, the whole thing. And I think there, there's an interest there, especially, especially if, with the female angle, right? Because like women empowerment and is really big right now, which I think is cool because I'm a woman. Um, I think it will come. I think it will come. I think the opportunities will come. I've already had opportunities that I never thought would come. So, you know, the PBR is a prime example. I asked my agent to pitch me to the PBR and he said, well, you don't have any experience. And I said, well, I come from the rodeo, you know, I come from that world. And he's like, yeah, no, I can't pitch you. They'll never take interest in you because you don't have any experience. So Dang. I went around him and emailed Did them, harassed him myself. Yeah. So you don't have to pay him on that contract. That's good at least. Yep. Take that agent guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Wacy, uh, you got something cooking there? Oh yeah, there's something I wanted to jump back to when we were talking about uh, like getting rodeo on the mainstream and those big networks and stuff. Do you think uh, the NFR moving to the Cowboy Network or Cowboy Channel? I guess is that a step backwards in your opinion? Like, no, this is no disrespect <laughs> to the Cowboy Channel, but it's like to, for me, like you go from being on CBS Sports Network to the Cowboy Channel, where people who aren't rodeo fans have to seek this out like there's not it's not going to pop up on a random bar in new york or something right where you might on espn or cbs yeah you know what i mean like so like i i view it as good but also could not could be better (laughs) i'm going to choose my words very carefully Um, (laughs) which yeah i'm not trying to put you in a a, a precarious situation but just it's one of those things that i yes i agree i agree with you uh i I really admire, I think we're going to make more progress with, for example, the WCRA, right? You have the ability to watch that on CBS, not even CBS sports, sometimes on network, right? So like, you don't even have to pay for the extra sports package. 
to see that. Um, it's on every TV in America. Mm-hmm. Everybody that has TV. Exactly. Yeah, it's not an exactly. extension of your package. Exactly. I can't even get the Cowboy Channel in Canada. Well, and, that, and that's just it. And that's just it. And, you know, it, it like every year, like it became this big, like fiasco, like my mom, she's like, I'm going to get a subscription to the Cowboy Channel, but just for the NFL, and then I'm going to cancel it because like, I'm not going to, you know, it turns into this, like, it, it, it's, I will say this. I was pleasantly surprised with the production value mm-hmm. this yes. year. I, I thought they did a very good job. And, you know, I'll be honest, like I, Jeff Matters, Bush Knowles, they're, they're so good. They're, I mean, they are, 100%. they're, I think they're so Better good. Like Jamie. they are, yeah, they're legends. Jamie, so good. Like they're just really, really good at what they do. Like mm-hmm. I could listen to Butch and Jeff announce the breakaway for the rest of my life. I mean, they're, those guys are great at what they do. And I know that, I don't know either of them personally, but I know, Jeff, obviously, I think is kind of like has a big it's, is, is part yeah. of the reason that the production value was so good. Um, so I will say that I was really mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. Um, sure. And I thought that they did a great job. I thought it looked really nice. I loved them incorporating Janie. I thought that was great. It is what it is, I guess. I yeah, would more people maybe stumble upon it if it was on CBS or ESPN or yeah, I think so. I mean, I how do we change it, that mentality? Like, like well, rodeo. What it, what it people... came down to, too, though, Waste, was that it's a monetary thing, too. They got a new CEO comes in. Cowboy Channel pays money for the product mm-hmm. that they previously were paying to be on the network TV. It was a, it was probably a million dollar flip or more. It probably, I think it came down to dollars and cents for that, for part of that uh, decision was that one. But continue, Waste. But I think part uh, of it was money. Which is which is good. I, I I respect that the business side of it for sure. It's just like when it comes to growing the sport, like rodeo has such a mentality. We cater to our own fans and our own people better than most sports. But I, we, when it comes to the people on the outside, again, it ties into a lot stuff. Well, we a lot of stuff we've talked about already. But it's just like, how do we change that mentality of catering to what we already got? To we need to bring more people in. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's tough because I think, like Ted, you nailed it from a finance standpoint, from mm-hmm. a monetary standpoint, from a business standpoint. It probably doesn't make sense to rent out Madison Square Garden for a rodeo, right? Like, it, it, it's it's such a hard... It's a million-dollar bill, probably, just to rent... Oh, well, or more. I've, I've yeah, seen, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a million bucks. Yeah, it, it's a million-dollar deal for at least at least a weekend. I know that for a fact. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there would be a way like to, maybe it comes back to like the sponsors, right? Like the, the people who are funding mm-hmm. the Western sport, like maybe we need to put it back on them and, and say, Hey, like, this is what we want to do. This is where Western sports needs to be seen. How is blank going to help make it happen? Mm-hmm. Right. But like then, how but then is, we have to provide value to those sponsors yeah. to make them pay back too. Right. Which is why it works with, which is why it's working better. I think on the PBR side of things, because yeah. we have a couple different things. You have the entertainment side and we're entertaining a huge amount of people with a, uh, a professional product that is uh, worth paying tickets for worth, worth, worth buying a ticket to. There's a lot of rodeos that I would could, wouldn't buy a ticket to because it's not worth watching. It's not entertaining. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more mm-hmm. focused on the competition side of it. So I, I don't know. We don't need to keep going on that train. We've already, been down talk about that yeah, ah, yeah okay tv stuff who's the most famous person you've interviewed and what were they like 
most famous person I've interviewed. Yeah. Good question. There's been a, a, um, I, the first, the first famous person I ever interviewed who I just thought was like the coolest uh, was Garth Brooks. Um, oh, nice. I was, I was on a red carpet and it, it was, you know, first person, like famous person. I was so nervous. Just and I just shaking. thought, Oh, just, I was just so nervous. Like I'm on this red carpet <laughs> and, and what they do is like, they just line up all the, you know, all the, all the, the different outlets and poor, you know, Garth or whoever it is has to go from person to person or whatever. Yeah. Everybody asks the same questions. It's stupid, but whatever. I'm sure if you're a celebrity, you hate your life. And so he's coming, coming, coming. He finally gets to me and I say, hi, you know, I'm Courtney with whatever. Do you have time? Yes, of course. And he goes, wait, 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 first. And he takes his cowboy hat off and he shakes my hand. He goes, it is so good to meet you, Courtney. And I was like, oh my God, he knows my name. And then he goes, wait, 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 before we get started, I want to introduce you to someone. And I'm like, holy cow, Garth Brooks is like, seems normal. He goes, Trisha, Trisha, come over here. <laughs> he goes, this is my wife, Trisha. And I wanted to say, yeah, I, I know. You know, he, just, <laughs> he, he seems so like, wow. and obviously he's good at what he does. I mean, show, maybe it's for show business. Maybe somebody yeah. listening is like, yeah, Garth Brooks is the worst. I don't know. He seemed really cool and really fun. Um, so that was my first like celebrity interview. What did, what did I, you what? ask him? What'd you ask him? Gosh, I don't even remember. Don't remember? Oh, okay. I do remember what I do remember. Yeah. He graduated from Oklahoma State. And so oh, I OSU. said, well, Garth, no yeah, I said, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Oklahoma State alum. And he goes, You are me too. And so that was sort of how I I led into my uh questions. But yeah, it was the the Country Hall Music Hall of Fame inductions. Um, the wildest, the the most out of control uh, <laughs> was also musicians. Uh, okay. Gene, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley from Kiss. Oh, the rock and roll, uh, I saw a picture. I saw the picture. Yeah, they were they were a handful, and it was live. You know, Garth was like a taped thing, so we could edit it. Yeah. Gene and Paul were just running wild on live TV, and Dear. I sort of um, each each outlet, you know, in Kansas City sent a reporter to cover this like opening of their new restaurant or whatever, and so like. I walk in and it's all like dudes in suits with like microphones. I was the only female that got sent. So you can mm. use your imagination. They were all about that. They thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. So I got to get on stage with them. It was fun. <laughs> what was the most, what was the most fun? Uh, like one of the, what was the most fun of those live on location events where you went and played hockey or you did the I fly skydiving or, or whatnot? What was, what was the most fun or, and then, and then we have to, we have to touch on the, the uh, the one where it got real weird, where, where you had were at the burger joint. <laughs> oh, you did do your research because that's not anywhere. I'm hitting that. Um, <laughs> it was bad. I was like, I was so embarrassed. It was so cringy. But anyways, the, keep going. Sorry. Funnest one. I don't even know. You know, there's there's been I've had so many cool experiences, and I think I just really still to this day I just I love telling stories and I love showing people new experiences and, and, and sort of letting them in. I mean, just like this weekend, the polo thing, like was so cool. And I shared like 500 stories on my Instagram, which was a lot, but it was just, I, I gave people a look into something that none of my followers really were familiar with. And so that's what I really enjoy. I don't even, this is terrible. I, I've done so many that I don't, I can't even think of like, there's not one that just comes to mind as far as like my favorite experience. Hmm. What, what, what one sticks out then? Or is it the, is it the one at the burger joint? <laughs> yeah. Um, that one was just, that was, we don't have to talk about that it. was memorable. 
No, I don't care. That was memorable for sure. Um, there's a whole story behind that, by the way. So, oh, was it set up? Was it? Was this one of those no, new set up things? Okay. It wasn't set up, but you see what happened was. Um, so, the Royals. I'm working in Kansas City. Royals uh, make it to the World Series. It was the first time they'd been to the World Series since forever. Don't quote me, '85 yeah. or something. And so, this burger joint, this local burger joint was throwing their burger prices back to what they were in 85 or oh, whenever nice. the last time the, the Royals made the World Series. So we were just doing Royals coverage like for our whole lives, right? Because it's a big deal. And so we go to this burger joint and I'm live. Like I've got a producer in my ear and she's like, okay, you need to wrap, like try the burger, whatever. That, I didn't know this, but that is their slogan. The slogan of the restaurant is we would love, we want to see our meat in your mouth. Only I didn't know that. And so when the, when he just like throws that yeah. in as I'm, he goes, Courtney, I would love to whatever. Now, what, <laughs> if, if that was bad, I guess, whatever, like this is early, like this is before me too, whatever. And I can take a joke. So I just looked into the camera and I said, it's not the first time I've heard that. That's what got me in trouble. The TV station didn't think that I should have had a rebuttal. And I thought, you know, you can't, what do you do? You can't yeah, what do you do? Oh, yeah. stand there. Oh, um, yeah, that, uh, I think 610 Sports picked it up is how it, and then it went viral and all hell yeah. broke loose. And uh, everybody was calling the TV station and the TV station did not think it was funny. And looking back, it was a prime marketing opportunity for me, but I was not allowed to utilize it. So. Oh, no. What, so was that the worst one though then? Or was there, were there other ones that were bad like that? No, um, that was that was the only one that went viral. I called um, I called John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, twice in a <laughs> broadcast on accident. Oh, no, and the funny, like the funniest part of the whole thing, like I'm very serious, but in my ear, I ha I hear this They're is in Nashville. Giggling. This is my first job. Oh, no. no, in my ear, I hear actually it's Boehner, it's Boehner, 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 and I'm like, okay. And then, and according to Boehner, and then I hear it's Boehner. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, that's awesome. That was, was that, that the worst gap? Was that the worst one? That was the it? most, um, like, that was one I should have known, right? Like, I should have known <laughs> how to say the speaker of the house's name. And I did. That's the worst thing. That's the thing about TV sometimes, like, because I'm reading words, obviously, and it was even yeah. spelled out phonetically, like, B A E, you know, you just like, in my head, I knew it was Boehner, and it was just Boner kept coming out. And it was just like, there was just no return. There was no return. Oh, no. Yeah, and do you awesome. like did you trip up at that point or do you just keep going like did you no i never even black out a little bit i never yeah, even we, just... i never even fluttered an eyelash i just went right on like i meant to call him yeah that's the thing about tv if you just were if you just say it with authority people people <laughs> they believe oh, anything man. oh man yeah. yeah who's like a who's a white elephant interview for you like someone that's on your list oh. that you really want to have a conversation with if you've already talked to garth brooks i don't know yeah it's a yeah it's a, a white elephant Gosh. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm not really interested in, in interviewing George. Um what? Why not? I don't know. I just I mean I would love to meet him, obviously. Okay. I feel like George I feel like in the in the rodeo community, I feel like George is accessible because like he has rope ins and like yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I That's could get true. to him. I That's want somebody true. I could never get to, you know. Okay. Um like the Dalai Lama. Maybe you want maybe yeah. 
I don't know my my all-time like favorite singer you know who I would like to actually inter- I'm going down a rabbit hole here I just watched her documentary I think Pink is a badass I would love to interview her uh, Big Cher. Conversation. Yeah, Cher. I love Cher uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that would be like more cow you know more in our like community doesn't have, doesn't have to be hey yeah we're, we're, we're down with it yeah we like we like talking about pink share i don't they're all musicians i don't know why it's just musicians that are that are coming to mind but musicians are cool what do you listen to for music then oh man i listen my music collection is uh wide and varied you know people are always people are always surprised because i don't listen to a lot of country i just don't i don't listen to country uh i i didn't discover like what is it called red dirt red dirt until college country yeah 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 i found it too yeah yeah i i enjoy it but i don't listen to it like i'm not into that i listen to everything from like hardcore rap to girl pop pink yeah (laughs) okay i've got a jazz playlist when i'm feeling anxious that i like play on my spotify some smooth jazz nice listening to my listening to my french playlist i don't speak french listening to my french playlist today i mean my music collection is bizarre it's all over the place do you use spotify or apple music Spotify. I use Spotify. Yeah, I use Spotify. Apple Music's for peasants. Yeah, I came (laughs) and I I bought the, I bought the Spotify. Um, I like anything that like I love to travel too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a huge. Um, I love traveling. Like the world, I, I love to travel internationally. So I have like all these bizarre, like, songs that I discover in other countries Mm -hmm. and then add to my, like it's a. Yeah, it's a joke with my friends. Like they get in my car. They're like, what are we listening to? I'm like, nobody knows. <laughs> ah, okay. 18 countries so far. Is that right? Did I read that? Did mm-hmm. I, am I remember yeah. that? 18. Okay, so uh let me guess. a uh, little bit of Europe, uh, no mm-hmm. Africa yet, no Australia. Nope. Uh, but you've been uh South America, I am guessing. Done South America. Yeah, South okay. America, Europe. Yeah. Then some random islands, you know, like Barbados, a couple, couple random, um, yeah. island trips. Yeah. I actually, I had all these grand plans, like in between course, the PBR schedule, I was going to go <laughs> to like Australia or somewhere super far and then come back and, and then the pandemic. So, so what's the next on your list? Where, where are you going next? I would really love, uh, you know, Australia and all those places are cool. Like I will definitely get to those someday. I have, yeah. I was sort of looking into the like Japan, Vietnam. Nice. I've never done any of that part of the country. Yeah. I would love to do that. It's just so far. It's like, what? it takes so it's long to get trip. over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's the most uh, like travel? What was the most, or have you, have you had an experience yet with, with uh, culture shock where you get somewhere and you just lose your mind because there's so many people and it's, it's freaky no i would say the most like culturally because i've done all of europe you know um i would say the most like culturally intense was peru especially the the like the poor villages and stuff were kind of eye-opening um yeah probably peru was my most not not like culture shock but just it's very very different very different than all of europe and yeah. yeah Yeah, Southeast Asia is very populated, and when I went, it was the smells and the people got me. When I was like seventeen, really? it was the first time I traveled ever, like outside of North America. I'd been through lots of the states with my dad, and we'd travel across Canada, but like I had never been anywhere. But going to Southeast Asia was a total shock to me. That one, there was a lot of people in it, and it smelled really funny when we were in downtown Bangkok, and I was like, 
Oh, you did just, Bangkok. Yeah. I was did you like kid. it? Would you go back or no? I would like to go back now and see what it'd be like now. Cause that would be a different mm. experience when it was my mm. first time, first time being on a plane, like overnight and that, that was, oh. it was a lot for the first one. I wish it would have been eased yeah. into it a little bit, but yeah, you did. You went all, you went all We really out. did it. And we were gone for like three weeks over Christmas. It was quite the, uh, quite the tour, but would That's recommend cool. though, Southeast Asia for sure. And Japan too. Japan was interesting though, being, uh, like, I think I wore my cowboy hat over there because I was 17 and that was all I knew at the time. And mm-hmm. the folks in Japan didn't really love uh, American folks from oh, uh, really? 19 from the old thing that happened in 1945. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a little bit of hate on and they didn't they thought we were Americans. They didn't like us at points in Japan. But uh, but I would go back again. I just might not wear my hat because I don't know. I think that was kind of you wear a Canada shirt. <laughs> yeah, well, Canada. Gonna, or my, okay. my Canada, Canada jacket from the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, do something like that. Uh-huh. Okay, anything else? Where well, we got one more question for sure, Wacy. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask what your favorite spot in Europe is. There you go. Wacy's Asking for a friend, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want to plan. A, I want to do Europe He's next friend, summer, Wacy's and I haven't friend. been yet. Oh, gosh. Okay. So here's what I'll tell you. So I'll tell you my favorite. I'll tell you the spots that I love, and then my coolest travel experience, hands down, ever. So it's it, it's gonna sound so stereotypical, but if you go to Europe, you gotta do Italy. If you go to Europe, France, yeah, they're not very nice, but like I love France and I love that they, I <laughs> yeah. love that they're assholes. Like I think that's fun. Like I don't, I just mm-hmm. they're they're just French. Um, but Italy is probably one of my favorite parts of Europe. I I've been back many many times. I love Italy. Um, I also did Greece. I loved Greece. That was one of my best trips uh, as well. But my my favorite travel experience that I ever did was in Italy. I stayed with a family who had a home. Um, in Tuscany, like a former Medici property. And the dad one day, he was like, Hey, we're going to this horse thing. Do you like horses? And I was like, yeah, I do really like horses actually. And he's like, well, we got an extra ticket. We'll take you. And I was like, okay, cool. We went to Siena, uh, which is this little like village that sits at the top of this hill. And it's called the Palio de Siena, which they have twice a year. And it's a bareback horse race through the streets of oh, this cool. village. No way. And it was just like the sickest, coolest thing. And they pack like 10 million Italians into the middle of like the town square. And then they run these and it's like no rules. People fall off. People mm-hmm. I'm sure are dead. You know, they drag people off and oh. you don't have to be on your horse to win. Like as long as the horse cross, it was just like the coolest wow. experience, but they, they build it up, you know, for several mm-hmm. days ahead of time. And like, they walk the horses into the church and they bless them in the church. And then they have big like community dinners and the horse sits at the head of the table and each contrada they're called has a horse that competes. So like, like a contrada is like the little neighborhood. So each neighborhood has their little horse and, oh, it's like this big to do. And the Italians go absolutely nuts. And it was just, it was, it was just the coolest thing ever. So that was, that was my favorite. My favorite travel experience involved horses. That's the surprise surprise that's the yeah. coolest yeah. That's, I, uh, that's a good cool experience i like it i, like I really want to do the dolomites in italy i want to go hike the dolomites Ooh, Yo, it's so pretty up sweet. there yeah, yeah. Okay, how, did, how did you end up there what was the what was the occasion oh i moved to europe for for, for oh. a time <laughs> oh. yeah i well when i left my first job in tv i quit and turns out you don't just like get another TV job right away. But you know, I was 22 (laughs) and didn't realize that. So there was no TV, like there was no work at the time. And I decided I was going to move to Europe for a bit. So I bought a one-way ticket. I actually lived in Prague in the Czech Republic 
And so I was living in Prague and then through friends, my uncle called up. He's like, hey, my friend has a house in Italy. You should go hang with him. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> okay, I stayed sweet. with his family. And they're they're not even Italian. They're Brazilian. So like there were so many languages going on. And but it, it was cool. That was my my first travel experience. My first international experience. I was You're a one-way a... ticket. Mm-hmm. That's, ball, that's ballsy. You said you were ballsy earlier. I believe it now. That's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. impressive. My parents uh, were not sure that was the best decision, but I guess not. how long did you out. make it? I'm thinking about like what two, three months? Yeah, I was there like three or four months. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's sweet. Yeah. I like it. Okay, Wacy. Cool. Right. This is a lot. Yeah, the last one. This has been great, Courtney. This is awesome. So we're gonna finish it up with a question we ask all of our guests. What is your definition of cowboy shit? Or in this case, your definition of fancy lady cowgirl shit. Oh, fancy lady cowgirl shit. I love this. This is a great question. <laughs> My definition of cowboy or cowgirl shit is owning who you are unapologetically, no bars, like just authentically owning who you are. And if that means, you know, you live in a big city and love the hell out of it and you call yourself a cowgirl, great. If that means you live on the same ranch that you grew up on, great. Like, I think it just is owning who you are, not being afraid to not fit the mold right? It's that traditional stereotypical, this is what a cowboy is. This is what a cowgirl is. I think it's sort of molding it into your, your own definition of what cowboy and cowgirl is. And I think that's like the most cowgirl thing ever, right? Like redefining the rules, rewriting the rules, uh, because that's what cowgirls and cowboys, that's what they've always done. Do you think, do you think we are in the wrong by calling it cowboy shit or should we be more neutral term. I'm curious on your thoughts on that now. Should it be both or should we ask you cow- about what, what, what would, you know, it, it's funny because I, I sometimes when I'm talking about stuff like with Fancy Lady Cowgirl, I call it cowboy. To me, a cowgirl and a cowboy are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even, I don't have any problem identifying as cowboy. Like you want to call me a cowboy? Cool. Like I will, I will own that title. Um, what, what, what would the gender, like, I don't know what the, I think, yeah. I think it's kind of neutral. That's what I'm trying to get at is like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious on your opinion of it because I, 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 I feel like cowboy shit is more an essence of, it's an idea of something or it's a, it's yeah. not a, it's not gender specific. It, it might have a boy on the end of it, but I don't, I don't take that as being a simply male piece, I guess, or a mm-hmm. definition. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It's the same with Fancy Lady Cowgirl. People are like, what about the boys? I'm like, I only called it cowgirl because I'm a I'm girl a and like, I'm a cowgirl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fancy Lady Cowgirl, it, I tell lots of badass men's stories as well. And I, you know, I want to, yeah. I'd love to incorporate more of it. Yeah, I think cowgirl, cowboy doesn't matter. I think okay. it's, uh, it's sort of an all-encompassing title. And I personally am more than happy to wear either title, so... I like it. I guess the only, the only yeah. other, other side would be what we'd have to be a, we could be potentially be a, a fancy gentleman cowboy. That'd be the <laughs> other definition. Okay. That, that could be like, I would love y'all's input because I have asked all the men in my life, like, Hey, what's yeah. the, is it like de- the, fancy? Oh, we don't want to be called fancy. We don't want to be, Oh, is it dapper gentleman cow? I'm like, that's too yeah. wordy. Like how words. we, I, I haven't figured out what the good, like what good, the good branding is for, for the men, but. I don't know. I'm fancy looking up right not so bad. I don't, I don't think fancy. I think it's just. Uh, I think it's a different word. I'm looking up. Uh, yeah, looking that's up, the trouble. Damn, looking damn. up synonyms here. Uh, what are we? What are we thinking here? Well, um, 
Oh, there's like no I good like words for fancy. I like y'all's hats, by the way. Those are you like those them? Are sick. We, yeah, we, let's are uh, let's wrap it up here quick, and then we'll. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna. Well, Sean will get the edit, and I'll write this number down. One thirty-two. I just want to give you a plug on the website, and then uh, wrap it up, and then we'll bullshit some more quick before we gotta go. Um, okay. Thanks, Wacy, for uh, for no. I decided the other way. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> Thanks, Courtney, for being on the show today. This was awesome. We had a good. This was a, such a great visit. I uh, I appreciate your time. We've uh, I don't know, we haven't actually met before, but we talked a time or two on maybe Twitter or something back and forth. But anyways, I appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing the show with us. That was an awesome conversation. Been awesome, man. It's been great. Yeah, look forward to to meeting someday somewhere down the road and maybe uh, getting to uh, to the fancy lady cowgirl event in uh, in Dallas next year or Vegas or what are you where are you thinking? Anywhere. Hey, yet? we're coming to Canada as soon as you let yeah, there us we call go. in. Calgary. There we go. Awesome. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for doing this. Check out uh, CourtneyDhoff.com for everything she's doing. The podcast, Fancy Lady Cowgirl, her TV work, her acting work. We didn't even talk about your your acting work. What the heck? <laughs> it's a short. It's a short career. It's okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Thank you. Super trooper beams are gonna blind me, but I won't feel blue like I always do. <laughs> This one's, I don't know well, the words somewhere in the crowd there. All I know is Abba Rip. Well, we're back with episode 95 of Cowboy Shit. I'm Ted. He's Wacy. Thanks again to our guest, Courtney Dehoff. Do you have anything else to say about that show, Wacy? Anything to confess? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Sean and I were taking bets on what exact, uh, like what the time, like the timestamp on like when, when you uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We I talked to Sean this morning about that actually. And <laughs> he, he, he called he near the exact moment. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that cool. was, that was where you fell in love, fooled yeah. around and fell in love. Yeah. Literally. What's the, the uh, Oh, actually like this. Here we go. Like one of these. <laughs> What's that uh, Dreamweaver? Ooh, dream. It's like that when you see like a movie when that comes on. It's like, huh? I just died in your arms. <laughs> <laughs> like a hot, it happens on Hot Rod when he sees that girl for the first time. Oh, dear. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Needless to say, Wacy, uh, he's a big Courtney Dehoff fan. Yep. She's pretty cool. <laughs> that was the heck of like, in all, in all seriousness. Great interview. Oh yeah, lovely show. Yeah. Thanks to Courtney for being a part sweet. of it. Yeah, there's some uh, relevant relevant topics that were covered there. That yeah, are good timing wise. Let us know what you think on the show, and and uh, if you're a new list, a uh, new listener, uh, and new to the show, but a fan of Courtney's, give us a shout. Mm. G- uh, tell us what you thought of the show. Send us a note. Um, yeah, give us a shout. We charge us twenty bucks. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> check out the merch. Check out Courtney's merch too. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> CourtneyDhoff.com. You can check out her merchandise line, but uh, yeah, and check out her events. She's got a lot of stuff on the go. So She's we, a busy woman. We I appreciate her taking the time to to uh, do the interview with us. It was yeah. a while ago now, a couple weeks ago, but um, like, and because we want to get it done, because right now we're in, in the middle Midst. of the Calgary Stampede. We're day four today. It's Monday, um, end of Pool A. Pool B starts tomorrow. Rodeo highlights so far. Colby Wanchuk was ninety four and a half. On a horse. It was Urgent Delivery, wasn't it? Yeah, Urgent Delivery. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge bronc ride. Great, That's the best bronc, bronc ride I've ride. ever seen in my life. 
Uh, I was talking with actually Nate Horner last night. He's the uh, MLA in the mm-hmm. in the Stetler, Pollockville, kind of like all of yeah. East Central Alberta. And he, we were talking about the ride of Zeke's in Pollockville. A couple years ago, that was really that impressive was too. too. Yeah. So, do you think I don't that know how I would compare them? But that that one, like the third jump from Urgent Delivery, where he like just kicked up and kicked out. It was oh my god! Like the front feet of that horse were three feet off the ground. It was Cole, it was really I mean, impressive. Cole, we didn't miss. Like, oh, it was it was am- amazing. Do you so, think? Do you think that the I've I've seen some stuff on social media where people are because there's no markout rule. Oh. They're saying there's no they're like discrediting Frig it. Frig off. I know that's so you dumb. compare those rides to the ninety fives from like like Doug Volds and, and Glenn O'Neill's <laughs> and it's not even comparable. Not even comparable, yeah. It's the same as that we talked about. You could have marked him ninety nine. Like how are you how are you any better on a bronc ride than well, that? Well what does the horse have to do all the time? Like those does it have those to do a backflip? What has know, to happen? Man. I don't know. It, we like when we talked with Alan Jordan too, it's like we yeah. those rides back in the day, the ninety six and a half, like there's been so many rides that have been better than that, you know, so but just and, it's, cha- and it, it's changed on the judge side though they're scared to give out those big points sometimes because yeah. they're gonna get you know roasted get yeah. shit over shit on they're gonna get shit they over it. the only ones getting roasted at stampede these oh, days geez. there's a few other people oh like the commentators yeah oh yeah <laughs> i was i don't <laughs> know where you you're going with that. i was like <laughs> well I, fu- I saw this funny post from uh jessica hoy <laughs> and she had a, she said something about like Five years ago, they they had a big they had to put the stampede put out a press release over the trampede incident. They said these don't do not represent our values. The stampede grounds. I'm like, why would you get into that? That's, a, That's you don't I've fucking all, even talk about. I know. That. There's just, if you just one of those things, you just like out of sight, out of mind. You just leave it yeah, as it is. That was but. not on park. You don't have to tell us that. We we realize this. I don't know. Whatever. So I was <laughs> not sure where you're going with that, and I was just like, I'm gonna. Uh, just no, leave no, that. no, no, no. I was trying to segue okay. into the the commentator yeah. thing, but it was. <laughs> get your mind in the gutter man <laughs> okay so what in the fuck do you guys want that the commentators yeah, do oh not already God, do yeah. i'm sorry people but what if you got a bitch every fucking year like holy shit people there's like they com- be there's fucking com- glad there's a goddamn stampede know, this year i know man I, i'm so sick of it it's like there's no matter what happens you can't there's nobody's happy it's just like Jesus. there's you want more Canadian content, you get more Canadian content. It's like, well, then this is not good enough. This is not good enough. Like, it's never, you're never going to be pleased. No. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, every, we talked about it with Steve, or like that episode where it's like, everybody has equal opportunity to make the stampede. You just got to go yeah. rodeo. Go do it. Like, don't, like, do your job and get paid. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, that's like a slogan we, yeah, we've, we've talked about it a bunch. Like, it's like, I, I'm sick of the whining. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things, too, where, friend of the show cody snyder like he's his hands are tied too because no matter what he says he's gonna get roasted on social media yeah. and the, but, the, but the best opinion. thing about that he doesn't give a fuck yeah exactly <laughs> like that'll be the next time we do a show with cody we'll talk yeah. about all the tv bullshit. oh man i wonder I, how like, much hate mail he gets it's a p- and that's like on twitter like i should go look through his twitter right yeah. now and see how many people are cussing him and doing I, I see, like i talk about this with like people at work and stuff too the beauty the beautiful thing about social media is it gives everybody a voice but that's also like the, the detriment to social media is like yeah. everybody has a voice like some people just need to it is what it is because now it's at a point where people are it's like a participation ribbon or whatever or people yeah. and people a lot of the people who are commenting on this are the people who say that the world is so sensitive right now and they're like how it's all changed but like now you're the ones being the sensitive people that you're chirping about there's such a double standard around that and i'm yeah. fucking sick of it <laughs> like it drives me nuts but anyways 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 we we're almost halfway through stampede by the time you're listening we'll be on day two of pool b yeah. in a different competition fifty thousand dollars to the winner this year still the biggest check in all of canadian pro rodeo uh i'm excited to get some stampeding in yeah wasey it's day one for you what's day your one. what's your first stop when you get when you get my going first here? stop is bed 
Okay, yeah. You I'm haven't even been home night. yet. You haven't been home yet? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, I might go tomorrow. I don't think... I may or may not go out tomorrow. Wednesday, I'm going to go to Nashville North. Who's I want the to concert? Nash- James Barker Band. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I love the James Barker Band. They're great. How are you... Uh, you got to get in there early? Or are you going to get paid I'm just going like to go. So what I'm going to do, what? do, what I'm going to do... Yes. After work, go get your go get wristband. my wristband and then just go go home, yeah. hang out, and then go over there when I need to go what get... What if the lineup's long? The, but the lineup hasn't been... has only been long for the the... Like the proof of vax line. Oh, because there's no lineup in Nashville. It's a digital queue. Oh, yeah. So you go get in the queue and you can go whenever. Oh, okay. But Once the, they send you but the they, note. They, 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 there's so much backup with the with the vaccine. Uh, but this, I like. You should almost go there I've now. Already, I've already been. I've already been. No, but you you have to do it every day. Oh shit. Okay. So it's like somehow I become unvaccinated. Huh. It's like so. Jo- so Josh, like my buddy, like like Hales. Hales yeah. yeah. He he. Him and I went to Nashville North on Thursday and we got our our wristbands. Then him and his wife went back on Friday to go see Dean Brody. And they, Josh already been there. His wristband wouldn't work from the night before. What? Yeah. So they didn't. They ended up missing Dean Brody. Um, oh. But the the yeah the big well, bat, the big bottle the big bottleneck for that is is coming from the the like the, the fast the rapid oh, testing okay. va- proof of vax yeah we again we uh, we forgot to mention cowboy shit is sponsored by Circle Four Ranch Water. Check them out ranchwater.ca. Heck of a drink. Huge supporters in the rodeo business mm-hmm. this year. This year. Breaking it's on the been, market. It's been cool way. to have like a, a a company like this that, that supports like right. what we're doing and people in the industry yeah. and it's and it's and it's like truly a good product. Like it's it's so good. Like they, I drink uh, more than my fair share of them, and I've I've got I've given out a few to some of my friends and like I bought a flat like a week ago and they're gone. It's gone. Yeah, you, yeah, they don't they don't last. They seem to evaporate. Yeah, they're super good. Looking so. at you, Storm. They're you can get them like <laughs> all over. Alberta and Saskatchewan now, like if yeah, you, if you have an opportunity, if, if you haven't tried them yet, like give them a try. They're so good. And I and I have tried the U.S. ones now and prefer our Canadian version of the ranch water. So oh wow, nice. yeah, take that yeah. America. And Sorry. and then then also great people behind it. Like they're yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're our kind of people. So we're we're happy to work with that that group of group and continue to another support great each other. product. Oh, also a sponsor of Cowboy <laughs> Shit, Manscaped. Yeah. Manscaped is the best and below the waist grooming champions of the world. That makes no sense. You didn't read it right. That's okay. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah. Manscaped How about it? just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, which you and I have tested out. As we yeah. mentioned in the first section, like would recommend. Is, would recommend. It's a great product. And the be- the greatest promo code of all time, I think. Yeah. Kind of so join over two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, the listener, twenty percent off and free worldwide, wide, wide, wide shipping with code Huge Bush at Manscaped.com. That's right, code Huge Bush. That's twenty percent off, free shipping. Manscaped.com using code Huge Bush. Unlock your confidence and use the right tools for the job. Manscaped. Nicely done, ways. Nicely done. Oh. Stampede highlights. Uh, having a having a <coughs> short bush so you uh, don't sweat one as much. One of my favorite. That's like a new thing. One of, I was oh I can't remember what I was talking about this about. One of my favorite stampede like highlights or memories would, would have been in two thousand one. We came out here when my dad was competing in the wild horse race. The in first Town, year there. Scott Shifter won the bull riding at the Calgary. Yeah, Stampede. and I was like I'd have been two thousand one, so that's that's twenty years ago. So I was eight years old. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
my me and my whole family spent all 10 days of the stampede in a truck camper back in the back <laughs> barns and it was like it was crazy man like looking back it's insane but it was such a cool experience to be and we got to be there for all 10 days because the wild horse race was every day yeah and i got to like sit in like the, the companion stuff and like that was kind of really early on and that's when they used to have three rodeo clowns there oh so there wow. was like yeah there was uh probably lisa flint, harris flint yeah um uh denny was there for a bit that three at the same time? Yeah, there was, there, or maybe throughout the different days. Maybe I don't know if they're oh, all there okay. at the same time. Maybe they're three, but there was, uh, but then the wild child, the guy who had the dirt bike, who'd jump over his oh, horse really? trailer. Yeah, so that was really cool. Like that was such a cool memory, just being able to like obviously watch my dad compete and then and beat it the whole ten. Beat days. it the whole ten days. What did you guys do? Did you like shower in the river and like bathe? There were showers in the barns. Oh, okay. Yeah, so That's you cool. to, and then I remember we actually ended up having a horse there that the stampede ended up buying for like a flag horse and they'd been using him up until a couple of years ago. Oh really? Yeah. A paint horse that we sold. Oh, that was cool. a victory lap horse. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then I remember I got Flint's autograph cause I loved Flint at that point in my life. Eight years old. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, eight years old. He was the best. Right. And so I remember you autographed my Miami dolphins ball cap. So that's a pretty cool deal. <laughs> it's funny looking back. And I was, I've been thinking, I thought about this loss over the weekend. Like, guys like that who've been around the industry for so long and doing it and now you you guys full circle yeah they come buddies like they yeah. be hanging out with flint all the time and like working with doug young like we were talking about like before he left on sunday there the key members when he first met my dad like when we we're hanging because my dad used to work for archie ashbacker yeah over in hoosier and my doug lives 10 like 10 miles from there and then my dad needed a horse so he went over to the place over to doug and asked and got bought a horse from him and doug was saying i remember when we were little kids and then you go from that to competing where rodeos that doug's announcing to working with him like it's such a cool see trades out all comes full circle oh like yeah that. yeah it's pretty sweet yeah so how about you man what's your stance some stampede, stampede highlights i guess uh <coughs> i don't know if we ever talked about it on the show but probably my first memory of the stampede was walking through the tunnel with tj baird when it was the old tunnel Mm-hmm. Kind of more like Pinocchio, like it was a pretty yeah. small one, yeah. just like a man tunnel. And walking through the tunnel with TJ Baird, and I get over the hill, and like the walk-in music's playing. I'm like, holy shit. That's cool. You're really doing it. And like TJ had been there numerous times. But yeah. I was like, I think I was 14. It was my first time ever, and I probably looked like a total gunsel, <laughs> total chowder. We all did that back way. in the day. Oh, yeah. But I wore my finest shirt that day and like tried to like really, <laughs> you know, really jack it up. I think yeah. I got a new hat from Vern that like a week nice. before. And like, that's I was, pretty good, though. I was pretty pumped at up. At that point, yeah. So uh, get there, and then. Like totally blacked out and uh, and uh, win the round. Like got a, like nice. Yeah, got like an eighty point ride in the first round, and I think I won like six hundred bucks. And That's I was big pretty fired up. But we before we got there, we had to call Barry McGrath at the rodeo office. Mm-hmm. Had to look at the PS like the the CPRA news and be like, so Barry, where the hell do we get in this fucking place? Like <laughs> yeah. my first time writing. Like I think we went to the night show like later that day or like yeah. mom was like, you got to stay at the Stetson Hotel on like down by the ranchmans, and that's like. You know, that, that was, was it. That's a stampede experience. That was a stampede experience. We yeah. had to go see the night show and whatnot. So yeah, freaking go and end up winning the round. And I had the, I was like one of the top guys in the CPRA that year. I think I was like second coming in to the, uh, to Calgary and Calgary mm-hmm. ended up being like the last event before the, our finals, which were in Strathmore, Strathmore that year. Yeah. So I went and looked at the payout and everything after the first round. I was like, holy shit. I think I have this tied up. Like, I don't think I can get caught to win season leader. And I was like, holy shit, I won season leader in the CPRA. And I was like, stoked. I told, like, I think I told Rory and Ty Patton in the dressing room. And I was like, yeah, it looks like, it looks like it's over. And then somehow the payout got changed. I don't know if somebody got turned out or if like oh, something happened, like a doctor and the money yeah, dropped down. Yeah. So I lost season leader in the CPRA by $11 and 86 cents. Oh, man. calling afterwards. And I got bucked off in the short round. But I like had it figured out because I always looked stats and always watched that. You're stuff a very and I was analytical like, fellow. Well, I had it. And I was like, oh fuck, I Big won math this. Guy. I was so pumped up. That's sweet, man. But then they changed <laughs> the payout, and I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. 
because somebody probably got doctored out and took the fees down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I remember that. But I remember I got on a cow in the Shortco, and the cow's number was zero one. She was a black, like, uh, a Brad Mead cow, probably, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Or Tommy Thielen, like, yeah, back in the day. Guys, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Those two guys had all the cattle. And I got on this cow in the short round, and I knew she was a bucker, and, like, this getting a spinner was all the rage back in the day. And, oh, like, yeah. I had one that just was, like, really wild and did a bunch of shit, but, like, I think 80 points was my highest score, too. So mm-hmm. I was super pumped, like, hands in the air in the first <laughs> round. And the second round, I got a, on a cow that, like, turned back in the gate, and I they marked the cow 45 points, and I was oh. in the steer riding, like, even so 90. I could have rode this thing for a 90 in the fucking steer riding. Cr- but so cool. I got bucked off that day. And like, I remember being on the, sh- on the, on this cow and it felt like she like spun underneath me. Like her, she kicked up and like spun underneath me. And then I like looked at the chute. Like I saw the chute in front of me. I was like, Ooh, that's a little close. Mm-hmm. And I just got piled off pretty quick. Those cows that spin are so much a different experience than being on a bull. Yeah. Remember that for my first, but, like, so I got bucked off this yeah. one. I'll just finish this. No, no, you're good. Yeah. And then like, uh, Ty got on that thing a couple weeks later and I don't know if he had, a, I don't know if he has foot in the rope. Maybe, maybe not, <laughs> but he rode her for like 87. It was oh, like yeah. a, like a record in the steer riding at, uh, at Strathmore at the time. Cause yeah. he, I think he, he probably would have won it that year. I'm pretty sure he would have won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a terrible finals, drew bad, and didn't ride good or whatever. But I really needed to win to ride that one to win. When so that's my there. biggest memory. Of that's the, cool. Of the story. Okay, but you go. Sorry. No, I was, I was actually, I, I'll forget about the other one. That's a story for another time. But my other favorite stampede memory would have been one of my first stampedes here, mm-hmm. where I think I went out 12 out of 11 or 12 out of 13 nights, mm-hmm. including bull busting to the end of stampede. Like, just go out. And I was working for Labatt. Like that was the what the wildest time of my life. Like we was, it was absolutely insane. Actually, you know what? That wasn't the year that the San Gudo year. Where no, you spent so that's all your money my that's it. my wild. That's my that's another good memory. I don't think I, have I told that story on here before. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, that's a fun one because I spent like I just spent like four days here, me and Scott. Like, before you lived when you had the futon in the front, then the living yeah, room. the futon. Because I won all that money at San Gudo and just went, but absolutely bananas. I spent like eighteen hundred bucks in a week. It was insane. <laughs> There was a, and I'm I got, never gonna be broke again. I, well, I got I got lucky because I won Craven the second day, and then I won Dog Pound the next Wednesday, so I got all my money back nice. within three days. So my mom never found out. Yeah, that's good. Is it, um, the, my, it's funny. My sister and I were having a competition that summer to who was gonna win the most money, and I fucking crushed her. But oh yeah, not a big that deal. sister. But I remember I got back from Sangudo because I went home first before I came to the city, and I had my envelope of cash, and they were riding horses down the laneway, and I just looked at my sister, and I just wiggled like waved my my wad of cash at her, and then. By the time I'm coming home on Sunday from Craven or Monday from Craven, I have 20 bucks left in that envelope. <laughs> 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 Best week of my Shit. life for sure. Man, the last one we got to talk about before we're done here today. Check out these caps. Ooh, yeah, that's huge. Hey. Grand Frontier Days cowboy shit hats. Right? That's a huge, like, that's so big. Like, like if we're going to break into the U.S. in like a big that's way, it. if we could like pick a way to do it, I think this was the way. There, yeah, there's not many other ways you want to do it. Right? Yeah, that's like the, way, so, the most iconic, one of the most iconic rodeos in the U.S. Probably the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, probably number one. When, when people think of rodeos, they think of the dad, right? They think of the daddy of them all. Now they've got some cowboy shit fr- Frontier Days hats. Right? Nice so red and black cool. custom hats. For Cheyenne, we just shipped them in a box the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a few in the store. Uh, I got to thank my friend Stu Pearson with the Wrangler Network and uh, Get Western Productions uh, for getting us connected with uh, with Randy at the store in, in Cheyenne. And he's like, "Hey, maybe for next year we'll look at getting some like red and black and red and black hats with with the sh- with the arrowhead on them." And I was like, "What's the arrowhead?" And I went and looked. He's like, "Yeah, like their logo." He's like, "The logo." I was like, "Holy, f- like that's wow. huge!" Wow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, "Hey, Randy." I can probably get these done now. For, for this year if you want. He's like, yeah, do it up. I need 144. I was like, holy shit. That's like, nobody's That's bought that much of one hat at all yet. Oh, man. So yeah, I was like, I'm going to get awesome. it done, and I'm going to send it down to you, and uh, we'll get it done. So, yeah, check them out. 
uh, this year at Cheyenne Frontier Days. Will they be online Cheyenne, too? Wyoming? Can they? Can you get them online or no? Maybe from the Cheyenne store. We haven't got to yeah. that yet. I got to call Randy and see if we can do a couple two for up here, a couple extras. So mm-hmm. we'll see it. But anyways, also, thanks also Cheyenne Frontier committee, Days. Yeah. A, a rodeo committee. Yeah, need some cowboy shit. Cowboy ads. Hit us up. Call us up. We'll see what we can do. We got you. Okay. Thanks again, to Ranch Water. Check them out. Ranchwater.ca. And Manscaped. Manscaped. Get 20% off. Free worldwide shipping. Yeah. Code HugeBush. Manscaped.com. Check it out. Thanks and again. And don't forget to buy your cowboy shit. Yeah. Cowboy C- shit. Code Waste 10. <laughs> Check it Follow out. Follow us. Check them out on the, uh, at, at all our uh, retail stores as well. Mm-hmm. All across the country. Now in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming at the Cheyenne Frontiers gift store. Not a big Check deal. Not a, not a big deal. <laughs> uh, again, Wacy, thanks for being here every time. 95 episodes and counting. Storm, thanks for doing all of our video. Thanks for doing what you do. And we, I want to. Hey, wait! I want to talk about something quick talk, before thanks, we wrap Sean up. Morton. Um, Storm's, in Storm's, in, Storm's Instagram oh, story fuck. she did the other day, like good. kind of informally introducing herself on the Instagram story. That was excellent content. So yeah, thanks for doing that, Storm. Kudos to yeah, Storm. Yeah, that was awesome. That's good stuff. We need more of that. I guess. Well, now that I'm back for Stampede, content factory. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get some stuff done here. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate you being part of the show, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again here soon. Thanks for listening, Cowboy Shit, Ted Noise. We'll see you.